three, two, one. We're back. What's up, everybody? Back in person. Back in person for the second time in a row. Yeah. I still don't know anyone who's died from COVID. I don't either. So there's your update. I'm going to shut these blinds. Um, I don't want to deal with the neighborhood kids riding bikes outside the window. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man. So today I uh, bought Real Flight 9, which is an RC plane flight simulator, so I can learn how to fly a plane before I go try to fly one and break one in real life. Ooh, we should do real flight lessons. Like, like like actual flight lessons? Yeah. They're expensive. Yeah. I, I would do it. If it was a couple grand. Over you the- know who might do it for for us for like almost no money at all? Who? Liz's dad. Really? He's got his pilot's license. Oh, that'd be so cool. I want to get like my license. He's not like an instructor, but. I want to get my license. I think that'd be so much fun. He, he went and got it without telling Liz's mom. Really? Yeah. So he would just go away for a couple hours a day and like yeah. slowly over to that's awesome. <laughs> Mad respect. And now he'll go out to the little airport out in West Jordan, the like municipal airport. Yeah. And rent like a single engine Cessna and take off. And now we just need to slowly convert him into being comfortable around firearms. If we can do that. I've been, that's, that's a hill I've been trying to climb for a few years. Really? <laughs> well, I, I, I respect him, though, because he knows where he stands on him. He's not wishy-washy. Um, he personally doesn't have a problem with them being in the hands of someone who's responsible. Yeah. He himself is just not comfortable handling them. Okay. I think it, that's fair. I think a lot of it is, is fear. The first time firing a weapon is scary for anyone. Oh, after, yeah. After you've fired a couple rounds out of a... Even if you jump to a 45 right out the gate, and then, like, once you feel that, and afterwards, it's like, oh, I want more of that. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I don't know. I've tried to take Liz shooting multiple times, and she's actually shot a gun. Mm-hmm. First time she ever did was with me, and it was a little twenty two handgun. And then I bumped it up to a 9 mil. Yeah. And she didn't like that at all. Really? Um. I took my nephews out last year and I had them start off with a little air pistol BB gun mm-hmm. and uh, then we bumped them up to a 22 handgun and then I bumped them up to my 9 mil and I was helping them hold the 9 mil because I was like, I'm not breaking my nephew's nose. Uh, uh, Zane, I was bracing my hand over the back of his hands mm-hmm. Uh and he fired, and I got a nasty Beretta bite from it. I still have the scar uh, from holding his hands down. Yeah. And I looked at Lane, and I was like, hey, Lane, they're, they're twin brothers. Do you want to give it a shot? And he saw my hand bleeding, and he was like, no. <laughs> yeah. That was fair. enough to turn him off to guns for, like, a while, I think. That's fair. And and Zane was like, "Fuck it, I'll keep shooting. I don't care how bad you're hurt." Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it just comes with experience. Like the more you shoot, the more comfortable it is, and uh, 
It's yeah. amazing how many people that are anti-gun that actually fire a gun for the first couple times, and then they're like, okay, I understand this. I get it. Yeah. Yeah, because a lot of people just use it for sport anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, they just enjoy going to, like, if you ask them, they're doing self-defense training or whatever. But right. it's like, if you're serious about self-defense training, you're going to get enrolled in a class right. that teaches you, like, tactics and how to like shoot while moving and stuff. And a lot of people just want to go to the range and pluck away at targets, you know, and there's worse sports out there for sure. (laughs) Football, um, (laughs) kids, concussions. Yeah. Delayed, delayed brain development, cognitive problems. Yeah. Shooting as a sport never caused anyone a concussion. (laughs) I mean, maybe on a rare occasion, but no, on, on rare occasion, it's killed somebody. Yeah. It's killed somebody. (laughs) But that's probably 0.01% of people that know how to... If you go with someone that's that's trained. Well, it, or into an actual shooting competition. I have a coworker that he's like way into um, comp- competitive shooting. Yeah. And this COVID thing like shut him down. He was supposed to be in a tournament right now. Oh, really? He's so fucking pissed. Um, but it's like, you know... When you're under strict guidelines that are, like, followed and stuff like that, it's not a problem. Yeah. It it really isn't. Uh, you have, at a minimum, two uh, range safety officers at the event. You've got a few spotters. You've got, you know, a, the area's all roped off, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's a very controlled environment so i think it's fair to say it's as safe as driving a car yeah yeah Uh, i i would say so in like a controlled environment like that absolutely yeah because i mean you can make big mistakes and cause like really bad outcomes but more than likely it's not going to happen if you know what you're doing or someone else and and no one can prevent like a chamber malfunction right like if you're sorry chris I've noticed the likes and the ums again. I've I noticed never, most most people do that. Even politicians do that. I, I will never forgive you for bringing that up. Find me the man that doesn't <laughs> say um, like, or uh, find me one. During a casual conversation. I, I think even in predominant positions of power, people do it constantly. Yeah, but especially during a casual converse, conversation, which this is. Yeah. I can already feel that. Yeah, they're they're pretty powerful. I've had two bananas and a piece of chocolate today. I can already feel I that. Haven't, I haven't eaten anything yet. Really? No. And I definitely feel it. I'll tell you that much. Um... um Chris. Like, 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 I don't know. (laughs) But, yeah, it's, in a controlled environment, it's, it's fine. Yeah. In my opinion. You go to a shooting range, a gun club, you have guys on there that their whole job for their shift is to make sure that people aren't breaking blue, is what we called it in the Navy. But uh, basically flagging other people or being fucking irresponsible. Yeah. Yeah. Even at the indoor ranges, they have cameras on everybody. 
to yeah. make sure you're not doing something stupid ass shit. Right. Um, I'll tell you what, gentlemen, for those of you like uh, wondering, going shooting is a pretty damn good first date. I think. You think? I think so. I think it's with, with my wife. It wouldn't have been really. I think it's. Yeah, it's it's one of the. It depends on the girl, but most of the time, if you're in an element that you're comfortable with, and you bring somebody else into that element, even climbing is is probably a I good think example. Climbing would be a more acceptable first date than shooting. You think so? Yes, because. There's a lot of stuff that takes place around firearms that's super controversial, and everyone's got an opinion on it, where most people don't have an opinion on climbing. It's like, it, it's either there, or they love it. There's no real, like, hard line yeah, it's really like fucking opinion on they it. They love it, or they haven't heard of it. Right. Where guns, they've either shot a gun and enjoy it, shot a gun and don't enjoy it. Or or they've heard the media. Or all they've done is heard the media. And so I wouldn't say that's necessarily a good first date option. I'd say that's probably a more better for like a... Second or third. It's a ballsy first date. Like a, it is a ballsy first date. It's like more of a third to fourth date option for me. Okay. Uh, you know, first dates, you should probably keep it pretty traditional because you don't want to turn the person off right outside of the gate. But if you take them out shooting on your first date and they're like, I can't be with you, then you know, they're not the one like immediately. Yeah. Maybe that's my perspective on it is that but, like, I'll go balls to the walls. First date, like, welcome to my world. Like, come on in type thing we're gonna kill a goat tonight (laughs) yeah (laughs) we're sacrificing to the old gods tonight yeah uh but yeah like with my wife and chris i'm not gonna stop saying like or um i i get drunk during this podcast and i was trying to be respectful of you pointing out that i use filler words or whatever but do you know how hard it is to keep track of that while being intoxicated? Yeah. And it is what it is. Like, there it is. Yeah. See, you notice it now. and it I do notice doesn't, it now. Doesn't it bother you now? It doesn't really bother me, but I'll... Uh, 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 <laughs> no, it doesn't bother me at all. But Chris, you must be self-conscious because you must say it yourself and you're self-conscious of it. So fuck you. Well, I I took a public speaking course. Uh-huh. And they said, you know, when you're giving a presentation, it's not good to use those things. But that's why you're supposed to practice your presentation ahead of time. Yeah. Well, Obama said um all the time, and no one gives a shit. <laughs> he was like, "Well, it's Obama." Uh, the biggest thing facing our uh, country at this point, uh, it constantly, and that's fine because it's human. <laughs> We're not supposed to be perfect. Anyone who claims it, if Hillary Clinton doesn't say um, I don't trust that bitch. Take her in the back. 
You know what I mean? <laughs> so, anyway, back back to our gun topic. Uh, you just bought a, what is it? A Glock third gen what? twenty two, which is actually a Glock a 40. twenty two. Yeah. yeah, it's a forty caliber, and it is a thick girl. It's a big gun, and that's okay. Like these were law enforcement. The, that, this that is was like standard for a while. Yeah, this is the the number one law enforcement firearm. Uh, now they're moving to nine mil. Not sure why, but probably cheaper ammunition. It makes sense for but. training. Yeah, I don't know. I like the forty. I really like the forty. Um, I know I'm in a minority saying that, but I I don't think you are. It really depends on what you're looking for out of a weapon. Uh, weight. It's quite a bit. He- I mean, if just compared to your firearm, compared to this thing, is is it's pretty hefty. I mean, this you have a lighter holster on it. Yeah. Versus mine. Yeah. See, even with all of this material around my concealed carry holster, it's lighter. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Uh, even with your holster, mine is heavier. Just the fire. Just by itself. And yeah. It, it, Granted, it's a full grip, which is, you know, it's give or take. Eh. Like I can, I can deal with the nineteen grip, which is shorter. Like my hands but, aren't. But but you're big. looking at going into law enforcement, right? Yeah, eventually. So, if um, as a law enforcement officer, it doesn't matter if you have a full grip or not. Right. If you're looking to concealed carry, that's where it really comes into. Play, yeah, right? yeah, and I kind of like the... Uh, and I have a magazine in the garage that extends this to a full grip. Oh, you do? Yeah, uh, so this is a 12-round magazine. I have a 17-round magazine in the garage with an extender on it. So the one thing I like about Glock is you can get just these ridiculous mods. They have a 33-round <laughs> magazine for this thing, which like extends down to here, but then they have the dual barrel. Drums. Oh, the drum. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've been looking at buying a drum for my Tavor. <laughs> the crazy thing about this gun in particular, the Glock, is the inventor of Glock, the original guy, uh, when Smith & Wesson first came out, just the idea of semi-automatic anything, he was like, I can probably do that. In six months, he developed the Glock, which is now regarded. I mean, it's not a pretty gun, but it's very. It's reliable. It's a very reliable, blocky looking. I mean, it's definitely not pretty, but it does. It well, and when you come down to it, if you're buying a handgun, realistically, unless you're doing competitive shooting, which has its own style of handgun, longer barrel, very thin, very lightweight. But if you're buying a handgun, it's for personal defense. Right. You shouldn't care about looks at that point. Yeah, I agree. You're, you w- worry primarily about functionality and accuracy. Yeah. I. Uh, the next firearm I want to get is probably the 19X, also made by Glock. It could be an FN 509, though, as well, because... FN makes a good gun. They, they do make a great gun. You've shot um, mine multiple times. See, with, this, with the 22, so with the Glock 19X, it's probably... Cuts off right here. It's just shorter. But it has the full length. It, they competed for the military contract. Um, so it's 9 millimeter, but it also holds 17 rounds. Okay. Which, 
I mean, that's that's pretty good. But I do like the FNs as well. So yeah, and mine's a nine C. It's a nine compact. If I'm, I had bought the FN nine, yeah, versus the nine C, it'd be a full size. And I'm not. I'm honestly not a huge fan of uh, 1911s. I'm not either. I know they're very popular, the 45 1911s. It, and it's just because of it's an iconic weapon. It's not practical. It's single stack. Like, what do you have? Seven, well, eight it's rounds. The same. It, it's the same thing with a Tommy gun. It's not a practical weapon. Yeah. But you have it, it's iconic, so people are a fan of it because it's iconic. Yeah. Same with the the AR15 even. The Browning automatic rifle. Yeah. Uh I love the Brown Browning automatic, the BAR. Mhm. It's a I I think it's a 308 or a 30-06. I think it's 30-06. Yeah. 20 round magazine World automatic. War but it's completely like just not it's not a practical weapon. It's bulky. Yeah. Maybe at the time it was okay. I think there's 25 round mags or something. Maybe even 20. 20. It was 20. Um, but now you have the Scar Age, which is, I I would say probably the, the predecessor to that, or successor. Yeah. But I'm a huge fanboy of the BAR. Mm-hmm. Huge. I love the way it looks. And I think that's what draws people to these older guns. You know, people buy six shooters still, not because they're practical. Yeah. It's the style. Fuck, I've got a six shooter 357 in my garage. Yeah. I bought it because fucking Dirty Harry had one. Yeah, they're cool timepieces. Um, <laughs> I think nowadays, especially for self defense, I know a lot of people buy revolvers for self defense, and I. It's not a good move. I don't think it's a good move. Because it's. You have six shots, man. Like, and when you have an adrenaline dump, you're not guaranteed to hit the person on that first or second shot. Right. Uh, I saw a video of a guy getting held up. He's at like one of those bad Apple stores or something, like phone repair place, and somebody walked in and pointed a gun right at him. And those two exchanged rounds. For assault, and it's not going to sound like a long time, but in a firefight, it's a really long time, fifteen seconds before the the store employee made contact. It's not how many rounds you fire; it's the first one that makes contact. And people can say, "Well, then why does matter having a six shooter matter?" It matters because in that fifteen seconds, those guys probably slinged a total of 20 to 30 rounds yeah at each other i can't imagine being in an age where 38 special is like that's it that's a pinnacle back in the 70s 80s where yeah cops use six shooters like nowadays and honestly it's it's okay like i know the united states gets a bad rap for having as much free gun laws as possible. But in the end, it comes down to training because even if you have an assault rifle and you're not trained to use it, um, a person that has a sidearm that is trained to use it is going to be more effective. So 
I, I prefer to live in a society that has law enforcement with firearms, personally. Well, and like I said, it's not how many rounds you did, you throw out. It's the first one that hits that counts. Um, but having the higher capacity increases your likelihood of hitting in that adrenaline dump situation. I know a lot of... Uh a lot of self-defense carriers, especially Green Berets, carry a FN 5.7, which actually carries a rifle round. And it can go through concrete. It can go through car doors. It's just very interesting. Right. Because uh, the United States is very different than most countries when it comes to firearms. But... I still am a true believer that it comes down to training because well yeah if yeah if you have a 17 year old kid with a assault rifle it's not as effective as a, a hardened person who spent years and years firing fire or sidearms for a long time true so I don't know the whole argument of assault rifles need to be banned is silly to me um I think the people that are that are trained will always come up on top. And I'm gonna shift gears a little bit, even though uh, Chris, I'm upset at you for pointing out the filler words. Uh, what filler words? What? I'm uh, I'm not sure. Maybe hmm. it's like uh, you huh. know, it's a filler. It, it's a character uh, piece, right? It's a yeah. character piece. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But I am still, I still have your request in the back of my mind. And climbing. I'm going to work. What? Climbing. Yeah, the, the climbing forum. I'm working on it. it. The COVID shit has taken its toll on all of us. One of my good climbing friends and partners is getting ready to have a kid. So he's kind of like flip floppy, which I understand about committing time to come here and be on our show he lives up in ogden i live in salt lake they're like an hour apart from each other if his wife not his wife he doesn't have a wife but if his if his girlfriend goes into labor while he's down here talking to me getting intoxicated and i'm intoxicated and the other dude's intoxicated there's no way for us to get up there yeah for him to be there for for his baby and the other person lives in San Diego. Another person lives in Logan, which is like two and a half hours away. I don't know what Ryan's up to. I haven't really spoke to him in a while. Heidi's overseas. Lisa's doing whatever Lisa does. So it's a very, it's going to take some work, but we will get to it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't have anything to add to that. <laughs> of course Except, you don't. You don't know these people. I mean, you know Richie, but you don't really know Patrick. You don't know Lisa. You don't know Heidi. Nope, I've never met any of them. You don't know Ryan. I don't know any of them. Um, okay, Dave Ramsey, thank you. <laughs> okay. I I went to like his actual course, like in person. Uh, when was it? It was like 
2009, I think. He's a very clear... Uh, I like his his advice for getting out of debt. Um, there's some the things... Snowball. I think, yeah, yeah, the snowball effect. There's some things I disagree on him with, but I'm in no position to disagree with him because he has more money than me. So... Uh, but this is America. You can disagree with anybody if you want. It's true. It's absolutely true. Um, and I want to take this moment to tell everybody that I, w- I want to have sex with somebody. So email us, cheapshotdiscussions at gmail.com. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> criteria must be female. Um <laughs> It's been it's been probably uh twelve months, so it's been a year. Are you okay with a post surgery female? Uh, am I okay with what? A post surgery female. No, I'm not okay with that. Okay. Um, unless it's in Thailand, and I go there, and I go back, and I find out eighteen months later. So I'll just put that out there. Cheap shot discussions at gmail dot com. Hit us. Hit us up. Um. Hit Caden up. Yeah, hit, say hit me attention, Caden, in the subject line, and then I won't look at it. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd appreciate that. Oh, <laughs> fuck, dude! I I almost died right there. <laughs> I I almost died. So you're about to try the cream ale, huh? That's pretty good. It's yeah. not as uh, soda as I thought it'd be. Me, me either, but it, it's got a good taste. I enjoyed the flavor of beer, so I'm definitely not disappointed. No, it, it's it's actually pretty fucking decent, being from Wyoming and everything, but, yeah. uh, you know, I guess uh, there's not a lot of people in Wyoming, so all they have to do is focus on making beer, so we yep. got that. Is that so? Did you just fart? I think he yawned. Oh, he yawned? Okay. Yeah. He's not a big farter. Not like Smiley? No, I've only caught him like four or five times his entire life of two years. That'll change as he gets older. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then he'll get to be about my age and can't trust a fart anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Especially after Cup Bob. How was that? Oh, fuck, dude. My stomach was fucked up for two days. Was it really? Yeah. I was like at the gel, like having to make a a break for bathrooms. It was like photo finish every fucking time. Because <laughs> at the gel, you can't just walk into the bathroom. It's not like a public restroom, right? Yeah. Like So I'm sitting there like fumbling with keys, trying to unlock the fucking door to get in. Then I got to get in, get to the stall... Yeah, I mean, and I haven't worked there long enough to know which key is for which door yet on my key ring. Yeah. So I'm sitting there, like, trying, like, five different keys before I unlock the bathroom door. Oh, my God. Dude, I love that. You called me and you told me about a hitman level with a prison. Yeah. I think that'd be such a good idea. Yeah. Especially, like, you've told me things. I've played hitman, but I've also been watching Prison Break which is a phenomenal show. And uh, I don't know who the lady is on Walking Dead. I don't know her, uh, the actress name. Which one? Rick's wife. Okay. Like the redheaded lady. Yeah. 
She's the main doctor in uh, Prison in, Break. In Prison Break. Yeah, because she's. I mean, it's crazy. You go into the towers and stuff, and the second you disappear from one camera, you're on another. Yeah. You just have to know where to look on the monitor. So a hitman level inside of a gel where, like, you have to go in and, like, take out a mafia boss or something that's yeah that's uh, locked up. Yeah, like you infiltrate as a, a guard or, like, you infiltrate as a prisoner or something. Or a, or a kitchen worker. Kitchen worker, a doctor, something. That'd be a good level. Yeah. IO Entertainment, listen to us. Yeah, because... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and I'm not saying this. I don't want this to affect my job at all. But it, in the Hitman world, when you're playing on the highest difficulty, yeah, you have to worry about cameras. Yep. And it tells you, oh, you got spotted by a camera. Yeah. And at that point, you have the option of just completing the mission and saying, fuck it. Or you have to erase the data on the camera, yep. right? you should be able to get an ultra high like level of achievement, some sort of achievement for sure for getting through a prison or a jail level without being spotted on camera. Did you ever play Chronicles of Riddick? No. It was like the first level was about escaping a prison. I think the idea, cause I know, I know there are, uh, video games out there about escaping prison. But if there was a good 3D level or 3D game where you can like plan it and actually execute it and that's the whole game, I'd be on board. It's just interesting. I'm telling you it'd be really fucking hard. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because anytime I move around, um, I'm on camera for yeah. sure. Without question. Yeah. And then you get to doors that right. have to be opened up right. by someone else. Yeah. See, that's why I think you'd like um, Prison Break is because the whole premise is that a guy gets convicted of a crime that he didn't commit. He gets put in there by the feds. He's been set up. And his brother gets himself put in jail by like shooting a gun in a bank. And getting sentenced to this jail. But the only caveat is he was the architect of the jail. Oh, really? Yep. He designed the whole place. So he knows everything. He about knows it. everything. And he got it tattooed on his body in a full sleeve. So before he gets in prison, he gets all tattooed on his body, does the crime, gets in to get with his brother and helps him escape because he knows he's innocent. Wow. Oh, it's such a good show. Is it on Netflix? It's on Hulu. I'll have to take a look. Oh, it's so good. I remember when it was like on TV, but I I never watched it. I was like, what a fucking retarded show. (laughs) Yeah. You might like it a lot now because it shows the dichotomy between the prisoners, the uh, jail staff, and the doctors and nurses as well. Yeah. Uh, I found being a jail nurse that... Uh, I mean, the, the guards are like, they work with us cause we're coworkers and they're pretty amicable, but the, the prisoners don't, 
they're pretty respectful to the medical staff. Like they don't right. really give a shit about you being there. Right. Like, it's just kind of like, oh, this guy's passing medications, blah blah blah. Right. So See, and that's why I think you'll like it, is because the way this whole escape transpired is that the main character developed a relationship with someone in medical staff who eventually let them basically unlock the door for them to leave. It was like a very elaborate plan by a super genius person. So I I will say this for those of you out there that are worried. Um, Medical staff is not given the same set of keys as correctional staff. Mm Mm-hmm. My keys open up a very few um, select amount of doors. One of them's like the employee bathrooms. Right. Uh, the other one is to get into the screening area to screen, pre-screen people for medical clearance to be, see if they're healthy enough to even be brought in. And one of them's to a supply closet. You know, like that. That's about it. Yeah. Is bathroom, pre-screen supply closet Mm -hmm. so that is hollywood fabrication right there like a nurse or a doctor can unlock the it was for the medical bay so this guy had uh devised a way to get through his cell through the toilet he knew there was a weak spot and then basically worked his way like tunneled his way through medical bay and the way they were going to escape was through med bay so they would he basically developed a relationship with his doctor and told her at the end, like, Hey, leave this door open for us. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, so it was more than just that. It was like, it's so many moving pieces. Like, and, and to me, like it it sounds like a fascinating show, but to me, the thing that speaks to me the most is like, they, Put you through a lot of different trainings when you start working mm-hmm. at the jail, and one of them's called downing a duck, and it's basically a case study and behaviors to look out for so you don't get manipulated by inmates. Yep, and so I mean. Obviously, it being a show, there's a lot of, like, Hollywoodized things. Yeah. Uh, if if a jail staff member does form a relationship with an inmate in or out of the jail, they are fired. Yep. They're terminated, period. End mm-hmm. of story. Uh, but... I'm just saying from the the other side, the more practical side, not the Hollywood side of things, but the... Because I can watch House and know that all of the science isn't there. Right. You know, uh, and appreciate the show House. I I can do that. Yep. And probably same with this Prison Break show, but I'm just there, like, I'm just letting the public know there are serious, serious, serious repercussions. Not just losing your job, but... If you help somebody get out, you're going to, like, Fort Leavenworth, man. Like, you are going to federal pound me in the ass prison for for something like that. Yeah, the, that, that's why I think you'd like this show is um, the warden. 
has to have a 40th anniversary of like wedding or a wedding 40th anniversary of marriage gift for his wife and he's yeah. building the Taj Mahal and it just so happens that the main character is an architect so he gets access to the warden's office and the warden like respects him likes yeah. him yeah and I, I'm telling you right now a lot of the inmates are not smart enough to pull this off right but just like anything else in Hollywood, there's a lot of stuff that's fab- fabricated to make a good story. Right. right. Uh, and that's the funny thing. In, in Prison Break, the vice president is pretty much Hillary Clinton. It's really? totally her. So um, they were trying to do a little bit of foreshadowing there. Yeah, it was very early on. This show came out in like 2009 to 2012, somewhere around there. Yeah. Um, and oh my god it's just like twists and turns and it involves the psych ward and everything it's one of my favorite units there yep I'm I'm not lying it is it's uh it's one of the most rewarding units to be on as a medical professional cause first of all like you see this kind of thing where uh you're actually helping people to get their cognitive functions back, mm. which is nice. And you're you're also still part of the process of corrections and, and whatnot. But the psych units are, are very different than the rest of um, like max security or general population. It, it, it's a very different environment and it's very conducive to helping people with their psychological issues. It's not, it's not like the rest of the gel. And that's why I like working there. Mm. The rest of the gel obviously is focused on you're here to be punished for committing a crime, right? You have minimal this minimal that blah, blah, blah. And, you know, there's a lot of times you'll walk into a unit and inmates have drawn a chessboard on the bottom of their fucking, like, bin that they keep all their shit in. And they're, like, yelling through the slats across the fucking unit to one another, like, bishop to A4 or whatever. Yep. (laughs) And, like... And they're, like, playing chess from, like, 30 yards away from each other. It's fucking crazy. (laughs) But the psych unit isn't like that. The psych unit's a little, like, they've actually got a chess table out there for the guys to play on. Yeah, it's it's just a different environment altogether. So, huh. Because we do have, we have a subacute mental health and acute mental health, um, Units in in the jail and acute mental health is for the people that are wanting to hurt themselves, but the subacute is for people that are actually like legit mentally ill, and they're in the prison system, but they aren't able to live with a normal like general population. Have you come across someone that you couldn't like read? I guess someone who's like. 
suspicious or they seem off. Plenty of people. That's I'm, I'm not saying like crazy, but I mean like this person could be a genius. Uh, Sociopathic, I, psychopathic. I don't know if I've really run across that yet. Uh, I've come across a few people that are like definitely... They don't fit in with the rest of the population there, but they've obviously done something to be there. Uh, I'm not going to say that they don't deserve to be there. Okay. Uh, the other thing I'm going to say is that, you know, there's a certain level of intelligence, inherent intelligence and knowledge that comes along with being an inmate for most of these people in the system. And there's a few people that you're like, you you interact with and you're just kind of, how did you get here? How did you wind up here? You know? And... That doesn't mean that they don't necessarily need to be in there. But it's a very interesting dichotomy where you're kind of looking, you're taking care of these people and dealing with these people, and you you can deal with somebody and tell, tell that they have a legit mental illness. Right. And that is probably what caused them to break the law versus somebody that just straight up broke the law. Versus, uh, you know, this guy over here that broke the law because this was the only way he had to survive at the time versus, you know, somebody who's a murderer versus this, that. Like, there's so many different types of people in there. And you deal with, you literally deal with all of them. Uh and it, it's just it it's really crazy to me because when you go onto the actual psych unit and you look at these people and you interact with them, you're like, okay, yes, you definitely belong in a psych hospital. Right. You definitely belong on a psych unit somewhere versus the rest of the general population of the jail, which is, you know, drug charges, DUIs armed robberies over drugs or whatever. And and then you get other people where you're like, oh, wow, like, yeah, there's there's definitely a thing that's off about right. you. And mentally, like, you need to help be held accountable to your actions, but mentally, you're probably not aware of those actions, <laughs> you know? Right. So... so Let's say you get wrongly convicted. You get put away for two life sentences. Yep. Me? Yep. Okay. Do you try to escape? Hypothetically, of course. You didn't do the crime. Two life sentences, no parole option. You're in. You're in prison. Do you try to escape? I would probably use a, my, my first course of action... And again, 
I'm not part of that population, so I and can't. And someone's really say. trying to bury you. Someone like you didn't do it, but you're you're uh, like being there's framed. There's evidence. There's somebody that's actively trying to like bury me in the system. Yeah. So they like. Yep. All thought and memory of me and everything's gone. Yeah, they they've doctored evidence. They've done everything. This is the pretty much the premise of Prison Break. What do you do? Uh, worst case scenario, I move my love myself into a level where I'm a trustee and I'm allowed to have a job within the jail. Okay. Whether that's cleaning or cooking or whatever, that allows me to be out of my cell for multiple hours a day doing something else other than thinking about the fact that I'm in fucking jail. Okay. The other aspect of that that I would do is I would probably work with a public defender and or attorney, whoever would work with me, whoever my family could hire to get myself out of there and keep like digging at more the evidence and like really investigating it. Mm-hmm. I would, I, I, w- I don't know, man. Like, escaping is, it's a damn near impossibility. Yeah. Yeah. There's cameras everywhere. The only place the cameras can't see is where the toilets are in the cells. Like, I, I'm dead serious. That's the yeah. only place there's not fucking... the ability to see yeah uh you know there's there's two to three guards per unit depending on the unit you're in there's backup for the guards three minutes away cameras literally everywhere building made out of solid concrete with no windows on your level, just skylights mm-hmm. that are 20 to 30 feet above your head. I don't think escape is an option, man. Like, I'm, I, what are you going to do? Like, they give them plastic utensils to eat with. Like, are you going to chip away at concrete with a fucking plastic spoon? Yeah. No. Dude, fucking no. Yeah. I would try to do my best to work through the system. Other than that, I would try to give myself the most um, ability to be free and move as much as possible, which would involve being a trustee and being a worker. Right. Like, gel, I'm not going to lie, Like it, lo- it looks like it sucks to stay there. The guys that don't have jobs, they're locked down pretty much all day except for one hour a day. Uh, they can either choose to spend that hour on the, like, doing a phone call, watching TV, taking a shower, whatever have you. Or you can get a job where an officer escorts you from area to area to do a job and 
every time you walk around, you have to walk around with your hands behind your back. But that, that's about it. The, the only other option I could see to try to do would be uh, they do have an ankle monitor program where you go to work and come home and that's it. And that would be obviously the most preferred option for me. Uh, realistically, like if you're in that and I was quote unquote innocent in my eyes, but not in the eyes of the law, that that's your, probably your greatest opportunity opportunity to get out. But at the same time, that's really not so bad, in my opinion. You know, you're on an ankle monitor program. No chance of parole. I'm. I have an ankle monitor. I have to do landscaping for county or state property, whatever, for the rest of my life until I hit retirement age or can't work anymore for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. But I can, I can probably go to the grocery store. I can get cable. I can buy gaming systems. And have them sent to my house. I can get another job and work remotely from home to support these things. Mm-hmm. So, if I were in the system, like deeply in the system, where it's hard to refute the evidence against me, that's what I would be working towards. Okay, is getting on the ankle monitor program and out and into like an apartment or something. Yeah. And it'd be like, okay, you guys can come inspect my fucking house and turn it over every fucking day. Yeah. I don't care. At least I get to see the sun. Right. I get to walk outside or go onto my balcony, you know, blah, blah, blah. See, in this dude's case, in the uh, prison break, he supposedly killed the vice president's brother and they're trying to bury him as fast as possible so they give him like a death sentence everything very interesting show highly recommend it guys it's worth watching and i've heard that before i've heard it's a good show yeah it gets really bad fourth fifth season but like, it should have wrapped up before then, but then they, like, start dragging it yeah, out. Yeah, it just drags out. I don't know what you mean. They so. did that with Supernatural. Like, season five of Supernatural, perfect ending point. Yeah, that's where they should have cut it. But they they drug it on for another six seasons. Yeah. You know? And it's like, come on, guys. Yeah, they'll do that, sadly. I'm a huge fucking fan of Supernatural, too. Mm-hmm. Huge. I own every season through season nine. Fucking huge. I used to watch it weekly. I used to, like, follow it, like, every time they released a new episode. I've rewatched it dozens and dozens of times. 
season five is when it should have ended. Mm. Season five is when it should have ended. I have all of the discs, one th- season one through season nine. And just for the sake of continuity now, I want to get season 10 and 11. <laughs> yeah. But <clears throat> season five was a good ending point for that. And it kind of sucks that they pushed it past that just for the sake of money. Yeah. You know. Happens. Definitely happens. Can I get another uh, Roadhouse? Yeah. Awesome. No, make it a Blood Orange, the Roosters. But, yeah, I, I, I think we all have those seasons that are like, uh, or those shows that are in the line of... It should have ended here, but yep. it didn't. Yep. Yeah, Prison Break was unfortunate because they did five five seasons and then they quit, and then they rebooted it. And when did they reboot it? Did they reboot like, it as season one, or did they reboot it as a uh, season six? I think they rebooted it as a totally new thing. So a season one. So they yeah. wrapped up. After season five of Prison Break. And then they totally contradicted their original story. And they're like, oh, yeah, this person's not actually dead. Here you go. He's actually alive. (laughs) We need money, please. So it's kind of like the Better Call Saul thing from uh, Breaking Bad. Kind of. They did a spinoff. It's kind of a spinoff, but it's involving the main character, but they backtracked on what they originally said. So Better Call Saul was along the same line. It was actually previous to Breaking Bad. So it was like a prequel, which I'm fine with. But with Prison Break, they basically killed off one of the main people. And then they're like, oh, he actually didn't die because we want to make money. What about uh, the Cleveland show? Not familiar. So you have Family Guy. Mm-hmm. Family Guy has a character named Cleveland. And oh, okay, the Cleveland show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Kind of similar. Is it kind of like that? Kind of similar. I would say Better Call Saul is better than Breaking Bad, though. I would say. That, really? Yeah, Better Call Saul is more the intellectual side because he enters as an attorney. He goes to law school. So you kind of see more of an intellectual battle between trying to work in corporate, like as a corporate lawyer or as a just a deadbeat lawyer and then moves into crime. And Speaking of deadbeat lawyers, I saw a K, uh, Craig Schwab billboard today. One oh, call, yeah. that's all. One call, uh, that's and, all. And if I remember correctly, that was a Keith Barton slogan before it was Craig Schwab's. Uh so let let's see here. Uh Keith is K E I T H God, I'm having a hard time typing. That's how intoxicated I am. Uh the 
God damn it. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Craig Schwab. So, Craig Schwab. Swap. Swap. Yeah. Highest rated injury attorney. Keith Barton, $40 million suit says. Okay, so Provo Associated Press attorney Keith Barton allegedly traded on the success of the family business to rack up $14 million in debt. A a lawsuit contends. So a lot of you guys driving around the Salt Lake City area see these uh, Craig Swap or Schwap or whatever billboards that say one call, that's all. I grew up with it being Keith Barton, one call, that's all. Yeah. So. 40 million. 40 million against him. That sucks. One call, that's all slogan. I fucking knew it. (laughs) Barton was the public face for Gregory Barton and Swap PC. So Barton and Gregory got cut off from it, and now it's just the Swap attorneys. Owned firm widely for its it's one call, that's all slogan. I fucking knew it, dude. (laughs) I pointed that out to Liz when we moved back to Salt Lake after we got married and I got out of the military and everything. One call, that's all. And she's like, I don't remember Keith Barton. And I was like, I fucking do. Yeah. Right there in the fucking news. Provo, Associated Press, DeseretNews.com, fucking Deseret.com or whatever. One call, that's all. I fucking knew it, dude. Nice. I fucking knew it. God. Okay. I'm I'm just happy to be right yeah. for once. You know. I I fucked up my graduation paperwork, so I can't take the NCLEX until August. Oh, that sucks. It it really does. And it it, it bothers me quite a bit to be honest. But at least I'm right on one call that's Exactly. All. That's all that matters. <laughs> <laughs> one call that's all. So at least I'm right on that, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, this week has kind of sucked, dude, as far as, uh, finding that out. But, I can't really do much about it other than push forward, like I said. Exactly. Uh, tomorrow we can go shooting. Yep. After I do the studying for the NCLEX I need to do. I I need to make sure I study at least two hours a day for this because I'm not taking it until August. Yeah. And, I mean, it's a fucking bummer, dude. I was pretty pissed off at myself for, for that. No doubt. No doubt. I was, like, pissed off at myself for it, so... 
how it happens. It does, but I could have been taking my NCLEX exam two weeks from now versus, what, four months from now? Yeah. Thank you for the sympathy, Uzi. I really appreciate it, buddy. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Come here, bud. Come here. Oh, that's a good boy. But I I told my supervisors and everything about it. They're like, well, the unfortunate thing is, is you're going to be stuck to the pods until then. And I feel like the pods are a little bit more stress than the rest of the gel. Yeah. Because when you work in other parts of the gel, you work as the workflow happens. So in booking... It depends on how many people they have in booking. Uh, in the mental health areas, it depends on what they have in the mental health areas. Outside of the state penitentiary, the jail is the lar Salt Lake County Jail is the largest inmate housing throughout the state. Mm -hmm. So... At any given point in time, it doesn't matter which unit you're on, A, B, C, or D, or whatever, E, F, you have about the same amount of patients. You have like 150 to 200 patients per shift, and and that's kind of the, the, the shitty thing about it. Okay. But... I also told my supervisors when they hired me, uh, hopefully I'll be taking the NCLEX soon. That's what I said. Turns out I won't be, unfortunately, because I'm a fuck-up in that regard. But I also told them, you could literally have me come here, face a wall, and stand there for 16 hours. I don't give a shit. Yeah. As long as I can collect a paycheck. Right. <laughs> so, I don't, like, uh, at this point, if you pay me what you're paying me now, I don't care. I will fucking spit shine the floors. Yeah. Do not care. I want to make that perfectly clear. Because this is the first job I've had in almost two years. Mm-hmm. And I will work my ass off for you. Licensed or not. I'm licensed as an LPN, so I am licensed to work. But not at the capacity yet what they hired me, so they're holding me back into the capacity that I'm allowed to. Mm. Uh, even if that lapsed, I would be like, I don't give a shit, dude. I will come in here and wax your floors with my own spit, dude. I don't give a shit. Yeah. I really don't. Because at this point in the game, especially with all this corona and the layoffs happening, my neighbor across the street from me got laid off. Do you remember talking about that? Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, like, he got laid off. Job that he's held for 15 years, he was looking at retiring in four. Yeah. His position doesn't even exist anymore. I do not give a fuck, dude. Like, I will show up and do anything you want me to do as long as you let me continue to work for you. Yeah. That's where I am. So every day that I have work, that's what I treat it like. Like, I didn't really get a lunch break the other day because I'm like, I need to prove my worth Mm -hmm. to these people. I finished up one med pass. I immediately, like, I... I got to drink water and immediately started on the next task. And I stayed late because I wanted to make sure everything was in order afterward. So I I can't describe it, man. I'm like in a survival mode right now. That's fair. I've just kind of tried to ignore everything going on. Ignorance is bliss. It is, but at the same time, like, I don't have that luxury anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to start my career. Uh, I want to make a good impression, even if I don't stay here long term, which I kind of am planning on staying here long term at at the moment. But if if I can't or I don't, I still want to have, like, the reference of, oh, yeah, he was a stellar guy to yeah. work with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Absolutely. Right, right now. And I I don't know. I'm, I'm looking at things like even when I pick my health insurance, I'm looking at things like, okay, I want to have a kid. So even though I don't have one right now, what will be the health, best health insurance plan and best dental plan for when I do? Right. And that's that's how I based my the the options for my coverage. That's fair. That's fair. Uh. So I I I don't know. I'm I'm looking long term. I'm playing the long game now. It's a smart move. I'll lick your fucking boots, dude. I don't give a shit. Yeah. (laughs) Straight up, dude. Lick your boots. All right. I got to go potty. For those of you that don't know, I uh, just licked the microphone. Full tongue. From uh, pharynx to tip, dude. Full tongue, lick the microphone. I don't give a shit. Like, I will lick your boots if you say, you know what? You don't have your license yet. You lick my boots right now. I'll let you keep your job for another six months. I will fucking slobber all over those motherfuckers. I really will. That's how much this means to me. It's it's a start in a new career. And I'm worried about losing this opportunity. And I will do whatever I have to to keep it. Uh, if any of you out there hear, hear this that are in charge of me, I, I just want you to know that. Like, I am, I will work hard as shit for you. I will, I will work day and night, night and day. 
six months at a time straight, I don't give a shit. Like, I will work to keep this job. And I don't know. I kind of feel emotional about it because I haven't had a job in a long time. And me having a job, just the simple act of having a job and being eligible for medical benefits is a huge deal. Like, it's something Liz and I haven't had for a while. She's been paying for our health insurance, but... The fact that I can bring in money now, even if it's only an extra 1200 bucks or 1000 bucks every two weeks, is a huge fucking deal that we didn't have before. So... Outside of sucking dick, I will never do that. I will never do that. But, uh, I, I, w- I will work my hardest to, to keep this job, and I want everyone to know that. What are you doing? I'm messaging this girl. Okay, because you're kind of smirking a little bit. Yeah. Who is she? Is she the um, CNA or LPN or whatever? No, she the, the LPN's in Ohio. This girl is uh, local. Okay. And I asked her if she wanted to go shooting. I was like, hey, do you want to go shooting tomorrow? Or uh, First, I asked her, have you ever been shooting before? Never. Like, nice. Come with me tomorrow. How about tonight? Ranges are closed. Tough tits. Get over it. So, she wanted to go tonight. Yeah. Yeah. She intimidates me a little bit. I'm not going to lie. Uh, How old is she? Younger than me. That's all about all I know. All I know is her father is like a super successful businessman. That doesn't matter. He drives like supercars. Like That doesn't matter. I know. It's just intimidating to me i guess i don't know i consider liz's liz's dad to be very successful yeah um the, the, now when played, i say when i say this let me let me preface this i think her father is a hundred millionaire still wouldn't matter to me yeah here here's her instagram you can take a look i think she's very attractive well, she has an uh, Italian greyhound, so that's a problem. <laughs> is that the, the skinny one, or is that the big dog? That's a small, skinny dog. Okay, she also has a Great Dane. Okay, so that that levels out to about a zero. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, love, I love the shooting dates, though, because I know... The, at least the girls that I attract apparently have mostly never shot a firearm before. <laughs> so it's something I can bring them into my world with. I mean, she's she's attractive. She's not my type, but she's she is attractive. I think she's uh, attractive in my perspective because she seems to be the stay-at-home, like likes reading, likes self-improvement. That's Liz. And uh, you try to steal Liz from me, I will kill you. I, I will try to steal Liz <laughs> from you. Don't worry. Um, 
No, um, I mean, she's a relatively attractive individual, but, uh, <laughs> she's got a really cute dog. The big one? Uh, both, both of them are pretty cute. Yeah, oh, both. But I wouldn't. Um, I just like her for the fact she doesn't like going out and partying. I mean, that's worth it to try to get her to go shooting. I don't know if you want me there or not. Yeah, no, that's what I was planning on. What, me being there? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Is because uh, if she can't tolerate me, then she can't tolerate you. Is that the whole idea? No, it's because with girls like this, I feel like they're very much in their own world. And once they get put into a different element, she's never been shooting before. So it's out of her element. I'm literally pulling her out of her comfort zone into something that I enjoy doing. The other side of this is, are you willing to do the same for her? Yeah, I'd be willing to do it. I don't know what her... I don't what, know what, what that would be. What she does that's outside of your comfort zone is, but... Yeah, I don't know what that would be. I think... The biggest thing is like being involved in a rich family, like ultra rich. That kind of is weird to me, I guess. You know what's crazy to me is uh, they probably don't even see themselves as ultra rich. They probably don't. Maybe. Her dad seems very, I've seen like videos of her dad seems very extroverted, very like energetic buys supercars like the uh it's like a bmw supercar that's an electric car it's not the one you saw yeah that that bmw electric i saw was a piece of shit yeah i don't i don't like those uh for for sure that was like pretty much a smart car with a bmw logo slapped on it yeah i don't like those um It it was hideous Hideous. Maybe that's a concern for if me. If the owner hadn't been in it at the time, I would have taken a picture and sent it to you and been like, what the fuck? Yeah. But at the same time, my mind, I could say she's too rich. She comes from a rich family or whatever. But I also know that I possess <laughs> traits that that family does not, if that makes sense. Yeah, of course. I think there's a sense of survivalism. Or, um, I don't know. I don't know. Just, I guess being closer to the shit or having not grown up with everything that I wanted, everything that I needed or whatever, without all of that stuff, it it creates a callous mind. I think callous mind is probably the most important thing to have these days. Uh, now when I say callous mind, I mean... If you don't have the resources that you need, you fucking find a way to get them. And uh, I kind of view myself that. I reinforced that. Like, I was losing faith in that almost a little bit. Um, But, I mean, even a couple weeks ago, I told you, or when I moved out, it's like, I'm going to be back by the end of May. And that's like a deadline I set for myself. And I know I'm going to hit it. And I've done that. I've done it. Yes. Uh, 
and it's I guess it's the continual of saying you're going to do something and actually making it done that creates reassur- reassurance or or a callous mind or whatever you want to call it. But I'm going to cut you off for a second. Yeah. Your beard's not super full, uh-huh. but I, I am jealous of it because I can't keep <laughs> one at work. Yeah, it's not that full. I shaved it a little while ago. Yeah, but but still, I mean, you know what I used to look like. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I had a, I had a fucking like, seventeen hundreds fur trapper beard yeah. going on. Dude, honestly, like if I were to join the military, the only reason I would want to go special operations is because I could have the facial hair. That's it. I hate shaving, man. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I don't have to be at work for another like five days, and I'm not going to shave that entire time. And by the time I I get there, I'm going to look like you. Yeah. Yeah. I I just don't like worrying about it. It's an extra thing not to worry about. And I don't mind it until the mustache hairs start curling into my mouth. Even then. You can just cut it a little bit. It's fine. No, even then, I kept it, like, as is. You can go look at that old fucking Facebook profile picture of me. Or the one with you and Liz and the cowboy stuff. That, but I I did style that a little bit. I put some wax in it, and I, like, styled the the mustache out past my face. Uh, But there's that one picture of me snowshoeing where i have actual icicles in my fucking beard and they're like even all over my mouth and i'm like i you know like that's i i wish i could look like that and it'd be acceptable for work but it's not it's just not comfortable for me i guess like the long hair especially that was driving me. Cr- I don't know how any man can have hair down to here, down to their nipples. I I don't know. I really don't know. Yeah, the, I mean that bothers me to an, a certain extent, down to my eyebrows. Um, maybe about halfway to that. That's where I start to have a problem. But when it comes to facial hair, I'm like, fuck it, dude. Yeah. Let it ride. Uh, and that's honestly, that that's how I feel about it. And one of the reasons I was looking forward to, even though it wasn't like, oh, you can grow your beard as long as you fucking want. Right. Uh, policy. One of the reasons I was looking at getting hired at the sheriff's office um was the first of all the facial hair thing is it's allowed but it's part of a charity thing so you pay money to this charity and then you're then then you are allowed to grow out your facial hair within a certain parameters and for me Shaving sucks. Yeah. Like, when I have to shave down to the skin, it fucking hurts, man. Yeah. It hurts bad. So, 
But at the same time, you weren't one of those guys in the military that got the no-shave card. No, I did not. I shaved every day, and I fucking hate it. I've met two people that have gotten the no-shave card, and they seem like the type of people that would get a no-shave card. There's there's some guys out there, primarily African-American and uh, Native Americans, that that need it. Yeah. Because they get a... A condition called pseudofolliculitis barbae. Ooh, fancy. Yeah, super fancy. But basically, it's razor bumps that turn into ingrown hairs and painful acne, which can scar the face. And it's, like I said, it's primarily among African Americans and Native Americans. White guys, you might get the in- occasional ingrown hair here and there, but it's not a, it's not one of those things. Uh, when I was in the military, every day I had to be to work, I shaved. Period. I did not shave on the weekends. And I, us- I usually got a closer shave after not shaving for a couple of days, which was really interesting to me. But uh, that and I switched over to an electric razor about halfway through. But in boot camp, I was one of those guys. I was a guy that had to shave twice a day, literally. My fucking drill instructors, or uh, RDCs as they call them in the Navy, would come up and take an, take my ID card, stick it to my cheek, and jet, drag it from my jawline to my eye. And if there was any resistance, that wasn't just skin. If they could feel the hairs, I had to go shave again. Mm. And I have dark hair. There was, I, I distinctly remember there was one time I shaved five times in a row and they finally started doing that to me because my follicles themselves were enough to look like I had facial hair. Okay. Around my, my mouth and my chin, like a goatee style mm. thing. And that's when they started doing that to me. Okay fucking sucked dude my face my face was bright red like these pads in here i was cut i was bleeding it was fucking miserable Hmm. dang yeah i can't imagine like it fucking sucked the uh Dude, I I guess the, the past couple of months, I've been trying to really get in the head of how special operations works or how these guys' mindsets get to be. And for the most part, most of special operations, whether it be special forces, Navy SEALs, MARSOC, Raiders, whatever, they're all in their mid-30s or around their 30s. Yeah. And it, it's crazy to me to think of 
their mindset of like what, like, cause at one point, maybe some have missed it, but for the most of them, they've had to go through standard military procedure. Right. Uh, and then to get out on the other side of that and then be in this different mindset, like it's a special type of human being. It's strange. I've studied a lot of them and it, they just, they think differently. Even Chris Kyle, Navy SEAL, like I, I guess he was very introverted, very quiet, very to himself. The American sniper guy. Yeah. yeah. Very to himself. Uh, and then through some way or another became this guy who did all of these things. Um, I don't know. Devil of Romati, man. Yeah, it's it's interesting to me, I guess, seeing these guys that were apparently. I, I didn't know this either. Apparently, most of special force or special operations. I won't say special forces, but special operations come from Texas. A hmm. huge amount of them, which is crazy. I wonder to me. why. Um, I think it's because they have the most will to serve, it, and. Maybe it's the whole remember the Alamo thing. I don't yeah, know. the last true republic. I don't know. <laughs> but something about Texas, guys, they put out the most candidates for special operations. Huh. The most American state, in my opinion. I'm a big fan of Texas. I like Texas. I'm not. Have you been? I've never been to Texas, but I've not met enough people from Texas. That it makes me not a fan of Texas. It's a weird thing, man. It's a big city, um, but they have small town values, quote unquote. Like you'll have people come up to you and just start talking to you. It's a very bizarre thing. Texas is a different, different beast. The only person I've met from Texas that hasn't had a personality that's been an affront to my senses and my personality is a guy that my mom dated several years ago, even over a decade ago. His name's Jay McMullen. Every guy that I've ever met <laughs> from Texas in the military, I was friends with them. But they are cocky motherfuckers, dude. Cocky. Beyond belief. Yeah. And I don't know where that comes from. I know... Uh... I know Texans are proud to be Texans. I think... Uh, I don't understand that. Texans value Americanism more than most other states, I would say. Have you watched that um, series on Netflix, Waco? No, I have not. That's that's a mindfuck. Waco? Waco, yeah. Waco, okay. It's... Uh, Primarily written from the perspective of the uh, Branch Davidians, which was the group that uh, basically held out against the ATF and FBI there. So it kind of paints them to be the, the protagonists. Protagonist or antagonist? Protagonist. Okay. It paints the FBI and it, it, it 
paints the FBI to be neutral and the ATF to be antagonists. Uh, but when when you watch that, that happened in Texas. Uh, it didn't actually happen in Waco, Texas. It happened just outside of it. But it it's a very interesting thing to see because it it is a mixture of both sides yeah um it's kind of like a docudrama okay and you know the atf is like no the branch david davidians lit themselves on fire to make us look bad and the branch davidians the surviving members are like no the government yeah and it it leaves you kind of questioning it it definitely the the show itself paints it in a way that it was the government's fault one hundred percent uh but it it kind of makes you question you know like was this a Jamestown act? Or Jonestown Act, or whatever it was, uh, the all those people in South America that killed themselves with the Kool Aid, right? Uh, laced with cyanide, it makes you think like, okay, was was this one of those, or was it government overreach? Right. It's a very interesting documentary, and it's. It starts off with um, somebody that I'm probably loosely related to. I won't say I'm related to him, but Randy Weaver. Ruby Ridge, Idaho. Uh, He was killed, his son was killed, and his wife was killed by the ATF because he went off the grid. And, I mean, you you guys can look it up. My last name is Weaver. I'm probably loosely related to this guy in some sense. Mm-hmm. Just because of the last name. But you can actually watch stuff from his children being interviewed now. They're oh, my wow. age. They're like 32, 33. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this shit happened when I was like five. Yeah. You know. Uh, but... That that's where it starts off, and it shows like you know the the mistakes that the government made in taking care of that. Yeah, and a, a government sniper proceeded with orders and was trying to take out Roundy Weaver, and he wound up taking out a baby and a woman and a child instead of the actual target. Right. So. But, yeah, this Waco thing's pretty interesting. And it's like, you watch it and you're like, maybe the government's not as trustworthy as they want us to believe. Uh, I've always kind of felt that way to a certain extent, but... Yeah, and it's hard to... But the the Waco thing, man, like... But either way you look at it, whether it was government or them lighting themselves on fire 
in defiance of what was happening. Right. It uh, it's a fucking tragedy. Right. It's a fucking tragedy. Yeah, I've never really trusted the government is it's an interesting thing that us as human beings came up with this system to govern other human beings through human beings uh, and it be so disconnected from what we actually want. Because I think most human beings want to live in peace, want to believe what they believe. Yeah. And I think most human beings are receptive to that. I'm not going out and hunting down Muslims because they believe something differently than me. Right, right. And I think most other humans believe that. Right. But we have this power structure and media that tell us things, whatever to believe. And I don't think it aligns with most people's viewpoint. I just don't. I I would agree. The thing that sparked the Ruby Ridge, Randy Weaver thing was... uh, he sold an unauthorized firearm to an ATF agent, an undercover ATF agent. That's it? One firearm? One firearm. A sawed-off shotgun. Can you believe that? Mm-mm. He sold a sawed-off shotgun to an undercover ATF guy, and that's what sparked the whole thing. And it cost... Half a dozen lives, I think. Yeah. You know, it, it it killed a baby. It killed a woman. It killed his son. It killed a few ATF agents. Um. That that's what sparked it all off. You know, yeah. when it could have been a a simple fine to justify like the the fine justify the execution of the punishment or the sheriff going up there and serving a warrant for his arrest right you know but these federal entities had to get involved and then the same with Waco like the the branch davidians had somebody inserted into them from the federal government to investigate them. And they had, uh, they were like, oh, these guys are buying automatic weapons. And instead of sending a couple of detectives to arrest a couple of people and dig into it a little more, they sent a fucking army of people out there to lay siege to this fucking compound. Right. Wound up killing a ton of people. So, it, it, I, dude, I don't know. Like, I don't think there was, personally, I don't think there was, like, necessarily a wrong side or a right side to it. It's just procedure that needs to be changed. Yeah. Right. Like on both, both at Ruby Ridge and Waco, it's, it's, uh, 
get your documents in line, even if you have a confidential informant on the inside. Get your shit in line. Show up with a couple of investigators. Build a rapport. Eliminate that hostility aspect between the two the two groups. And then move on. Yeah. Like, then you start your real investigation. Right. Fuck, even then, put in more confidential informants. Really doesn't take that much. Like, if you and I started a group that was the sons of a free Utah uh-huh. or whatever. Yeah. For instance, throw in undercover agent after undercover agent, build your case, show up with a couple of detectives, arrest the ringleaders, walk out. Yeah. I think it, I don't know, the idea that we have this underlying belief in our system that it goes local, state, federal. When in reality, it should be swapped. It should be like federal, state, local. The idea that we look at federal news like it's impacting it. It's a big impact, but we should... If more people were involved in their local government, we would have a different playing field. But sadly, it's painted as this like federal... uh, like overseer that determines everything that happens ever right and and that's not how it was designed to be and that's where the media focuses and it's every media it's cnn it's fox it's msnbc it's all of them paint that the federal government is 100 percent in control of everything that we do and every pretty much every facet of our life and that's bullshit i agree i hate it I think we should be more concerned with our current sheriff, our current mayor, our current, like, things that are local. And it's just unfortunate that we've gotten to this place that we have painted these federal people as these all-seeing all overlords that just control everything. So, uh, I think we're heading to a point in history now. Uh, that it's starting to change. There definitely seems to be a power struggle. There definitely seems to be things happening behind the scenes, regardless of COVID-19. I mean, today's May 1st, 2020. There's things behind the scenes that are happening that is a inherent power struggle as to what actually is going on. It's not about a virus. Right? It's not about a virus by itself. It's a power struggle. Um, and it's been it's been brewing for a long, long time. So I don't know what this is gonna ha- what what's gonna happen with this whole situation. I don't think anyone does. Um, but all you can do is really hope. Hope that Whatever is happening uh, will will be good. So, and it, it's crazy. Like 
it's all anyone talks about now. It's all, you know, it's what's reported. So people listen to that. And then most of your friends talk about it. And you want to hear about the COVID-19. Uh, and then it turns into this big thing where it's like, okay, I don't want to talk about this anymore. I want to go back to my normal life, dude. I want to go back to my normal life. But I think now in particular is a very important time to pay attention. To look at the world that we're living in. Objectively. Um, and really judge for yourself what's going on. Because in this world of contradicting information. You have to make the decision for yourself, dude. Um, and as long as you make the decision for yourself, you'll, you know, hopefully find some peace in that. So, I don't know, man. Just, just odd. That's all I can say. And Dallas is back with a Coke Zero. I am. I need to sober up. <laughs> Liz is out there eating queso and chips without me. God damn it! Uh, what were what were you talking about? Uh, Fuck! I can't feel my face. I can't feel my face when I'm with you, and I like it, <laughs> and I love it. What? <laughs> um, I was talking about how the federal government has no place in our society as far as telling us what to do and blah 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 they should primarily be concerned on dealing with other other countries yeah i think well communication between state to state is important like i understand the role of what it means to be in the executive branch of the united states government and it's a hard job i mean there's so much stuff coming at you 24 7 um, and no matter who it is, like, was I the biggest Obama fan? No, I was not. Was I the biggest George W. Bush fan? No, I was not. Um, I didn't really get into politics much until Obama came into office. That's when I started coming of age and actually paying attention to what's going on. Um, I, I think that's a big deal too, is your age. Yeah. As well. And I think that's why... Whatever you think about Obama, that's fine. But I think the reason he appealed to so many people is because he was the cool president. He was like that sly guy who had something to say and like Yeah. He had he had charisma. There's no doubt about it. He had it. Did he have uniqueness, nerve and talent as well? It, it's think arguable. Of what that spells. <laughs> Bill Clinton had it. <laughs> Bill Clinton had it. Bill Clinton had that charisma. He had that uniqueness, nerve, and talent. Yeah. <laughs> so did. Well, I mean, JW or uh, GW or whatever. Uh, Mr. Bush had the uniqueness, nerve, and talent. Yeah. I'm not so sure about the charisma, but that should have been involved at some point. Pretty much every politician has charisma, uniqueness, nerve. 
and talents. Yeah. If you catch what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and all these, I don't know, man, like the position that we're in right now is so unique and so different than anything this country has experienced that it's worth paying it. To, it's worth uh, investing a little bit of time to understand what's going on. General Flynn, who was prosecuted by the FBI for lying in the Russia investigation and all that shit. Right. Is more than likely going to be exonerated. Um, and this is a big house of cards of previous. This is where I find Who's politics interesting is that all these different administrations have such different agendas and where it's going. Fine. Fuck you. Um, I'm just so fascinated in the the current position in history that we're at because it's never happened before. This yeah. is like an informational warfare. We are in a fucking we're in a full fledged war right now. Oh, for sure. Through information. Which I would rather that happen than bodies. But right now I think in American society, we're at this position of well, like information what, can turn into bodies, though. It definitely that's, can. That's the problem. But I think we're at this position where it's like, what do I believe? What what I'm being fed twenty four hour news cycle. What do I believe? True. Um, and it's hard because it's coming from both sides. That both sides make a compelling argument, and it's really just taking your own information. That's the thing is it's gathering information for an individual person. And you need to gather as much as you can to make your own judgment. And it's so conflicting both sides. It's hitting us left and right. It's like, okay, that makes sense. Well, this makes sense too. Um, Like, what do I believe? And it's causing people to be a little more awake, I guess, than the 1950s or sixties. Yeah. You, you really need it. Like you said, it's it's hitting from both sides. But what what people need and they currently lack the ability to do is go okay, far left, far right. I did that backwards with my hands. Far left, far right, central, mid mid right, mid left central and and pull information from all sorts of different sources right and then be like okay this is where i stand based off of all the sources i've interacted with right but you you need to interact with multiple sources if you're only getting your your news from fox news you're wrong if you're only getting your news from MSNBC, you're wrong. Same with CNN. You're wrong. You know, you you need to collect your data from everywhere. Right. Because that's the only way to formulate a valid opinion. Now, it makes matter. me wonder, is there a limit that the human brain can handle with conflicting information? As far as you're being told this, you're being told this. At what point does it turn into a spiral of like, what do I believe? This is 
too much for me, blah, blah, blah. Um, I think now especially, more than ever, we are receiving conflicting information, right. whether you're left or right. And I try to maintain pretty moderate status as far as... I mean, I know where I stand. I know my beliefs. But what I'm being fed contradicts two sides. And it's almost like a wedge being forced of like civil war. Yeah. Um, and, I can see that. And I'm not willing to have that conversation because I'm pretty liberal left. I mean, I think you should think, I think you should be able to do whatever you want without government in, intervention. Um, but at the same time, I'm very physically conservative in the financial side of the government. Um, and I, I, I think you fall probably more into the libertarian category. Yeah. Yeah. I think you should be able to do what you want. Um, the government shouldn't really have a say in what you do. The, the best view of this I've seen, uh, for, for me, and I'm maybe misquoting it because I'm intoxicated. I will not be driving later today, but it is, uh, I saw something on social media one time that was posted, uh, it said, I want my married gay friends to be able to protect their pot farm with AR-15s and accrue as much money as they can. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's basically me. That's fair. You know? Yeah. I would agree with that. Um, that, that, that that's, that's honestly me. Yeah. Like, I have a couple of gay friends. I have a gay co-worker, but there's also a couple of people that, like, are true friends of mine that are gay. Mm -hmm. And if they want to open up a marijuana farm and defend it with AR-15s yep. and whatnot, like, I want them to be able to do that. Right. So. Yeah, I do. I would agree with that. I think uh, Uzi. the idea of being able to practice what you believe and uh, and have the right to do so is is Uzi. fundamental. Uzi. That was my phone going off. <laughs> I've been trying to get Uzi to come over to me for a while now. And now he's here, and he's giving me kisses, because he's sweet. But, yeah. Uh, to me, it's, it, it's that personal freedom act. Yeah. Love who you want to love. Be with who you want to be with. As long uh, as it's not children. Yeah. That's where I draw the line. Yeah, I mean, like, and, and that's fair. Like, you know. That's a big battle on Twitter right now. Is uh, How so? A lot of people are coming forward being like, 
in extension to the LGBTQ community. They want P. Yes, they want P in there. No, that's where I draw the line. Um, and I legit work with pedophiles. Um, I know I do. Right. I know, this... I, I know a couple of them, but I keep that from my work. But if I saw those guys on the street, I would yeah. not associate with them. I wouldn't even let them, like, let anyone else know that I know them. Right. And the argument is that these pedophiles, love is love. It's a uh, it's a preference to love children. But what about no. the children's perspective? They don't have a say. Right. And They're not old enough to know what's going on. Yeah. I, first of all, they, they don't know themselves. They don't know what sexuality is. Right. In third grade, I didn't know what sexuality was. Right. Um, this may be TMI for, for you, but, you know, like, I probably started masturbating in fifth or sixth grade. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know what that was. Yeah. When I started doing that, like, I was like, oh, this feels nice, so I'm going to do it. Right. Like, I didn't even fucking know. Right. You know? And I, I'm sorry. Like, I, I will not let this affect my job and how I care for patients in my charge. But if you are... A pedophile, you are the lowest of the low. Yeah. I mean, you know. I would agree. Like, I have more respect for a murderer than I do a pedophile. Right. Because at least a murderer didn't steal someone's innocence and sense of self. Right. Uh. And and the person whoever they took their life of, uh, their suffering is over. Right. Right. Where if you're a pedophile, you 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 create lifelong suffering. Yeah. So and, and I deal with these types of people every day. I go to work without question. There's a lot of people I don't look up as to what their charges are because I don't want to know. It helps me refrain from bias. It helps me do my job professionally. But, like, I, I don't need to know it to do my job. Right. It is public record, though. You know, you you go and pull up this person's name or that person's name in the Salt Lake County Sheriff's Office or District Attorney or whatever. You can see what their charges are and see what they've been convicted of. What's Uzi doing? Eating some food. Eating some food? Uh, 
But you, you don't need to know that to do your job. And personally, like, I prefer that because if I don't know what they're there for, it makes it easier to treat everyone the same way. Right. Uh, and, and that's the stance I take and whatnot. There are a few people here and there that I'm like super curious about, but I, I, I still refrain from looking it up because I'm like, it doesn't matter from my perspective. Like it shouldn't matter. Right. To an extent, like legally it matters, but from my perspective as providing healthcare to someone, it does not matter what they did. My job is to provide health care right. to a person that is now finds themselves in jail. So I I've found out through conversation here and there, like what certain inmates are supposedly in there for. But at the same time, even when I find that out, I, I, I try to let that go because there are a few people I have to deal with multiple times a day because of their medical conditions that are pedophiles. Mm-hmm. And my my opinion personally of pedophiles is, you know, they should have the the fucking book gavel and everything else associated with the law thrown at them. Right. But that's not my job. Right. And so I I, I have to let go of that bias. I have to let go of that that personal feeling towards another um, individual that's been accused or prosecuted of something like that. And I just have to do my job. Right. And so for, for me at work, a lot of what (laughs) my job is, is just literally as weird as this sounds is focusing on my job. Okay. It's two o'clock in the afternoon. I have to pass meds. It's two. It's two thirty or three thirty in the afternoon. I have to check on my diabetic patients. You know, like that is, and that's the mindset you have to be in. You can't get wrapped up in, oh, this guy touched a kid. Mm-hmm. This guy killed somebody. This guy committed credit fraud on fifteen people. This guy did this. This guy did that. You know, you, you like, because it, it would destroy your capability to do the job. Right. You know? And, and so, for me, it's literally um, time blocks. 7.30, I have to do this. I get a period to reset and prep for the afternoon. And, uh... You know, 10.30, I check on my diabetics. 1,400, I do my my stuff for my patients at 1,400. 1,530, I do my diabetic checks again. 
you know, like it, it has to be compartmentalized. There's no other way to it. Mm -hmm. If you didn't compartmentalize it, 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 it fucking wreck you. Yeah. The fact that, you know, you're sitting there in some cases, like, and like I said, most of these people, I don't know what they've done. And do I care? Yes. But since it affects my ability to provide quality health care to an individual, I'm not going to look into it. Right. So I'm not going to, like, I'm just not going to look it up. And when it, like, when it comes down to it, you know, I'm there to provide health care. I'm not there to judge. Right. And from a personal perspective, in that sense, it's not it's not my place to know. It's not my place. Yeah. That's fair. Because, you know, say you get a DUI tonight. Mm -hmm. You wind up in jail. It's, I mean, it's serious because you could have taken a life, but overall, that's a pretty minor offense. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to walk in and treat you with the same respect and courtesy that I can treat a murderer or a pedophile. Like, you, you all, in my mind, should be on the same playing field because that's my job. If I were to roll up on a car accident, do I ask myself, is this guy a fucking murderer? Is he worth saving? No. I just get to work, right? Yeah. So it's it's kind of the same thing. Okay. So. Why are, why are you doing that? I don't know. Okay. Well, it got Uzi's attention, that's for sure. <laughs> What's up, little man? He's gonna come to me watch. Yeah. But I don't know. I kind of went off on a tangent there, and I apologize. But no, you're good. I I want to make it very clear that you know, uh, I have a. I I have a way where I'm trying to keep my biases in check. And part of that for me includes, involves not looking up shit. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, you know, because uh, I, I know for a fact that we have, w without question, like I can't, I can't say specific names. I, I don't know for, sh for sure who they are, but just because of the nature of the size of the gel... Yeah. And the area it covers, we have kidnappers, we have rapists, we have murderers, drug dealers, you know, like there's there's a whole gamut of shit that is in there and does that matter to me doing my job ultimately? Not really. It matters towards my personal feelings towards the person. Yeah. And that's why I don't look it up. That's fair. 
fuck, there's people in there that I know from my past. There's yeah. a guy I used to work with like fucking 14 years ago. He He's in there right now. Right. I haven't looked him up. Am I curious? Yes. But if I don't know, it doesn't change him from his cellmate or from the guy next, uh, the, the cell over from him. Right. Like, I don't fucking need to know. And I don't know how uh, Prison Break shows all that, but it, it it's a weird line to have to walk, man. Like, yeah. it, 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 it really is. Apparently, I didn't run with a good crowd when I was younger. <laughs> God. I'll tell you what, man. I don't know how much I like the effect of alcohol. Really? Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm feeling it pretty heavy. I'm pretty I'm I'm feeling it pretty heavy too, and I don't know that I like it, in the sense that I feel disconnected. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like. I just, can't feel my face when I'm. Yeah, I can't feel my face right now, and that's the point. <laughs> Is that. I don't know how this is becoming acceptable drug. I really don't. It, it's it's weird, right? It's so strange that it's acceptable to drink this fluid and it makes you like X times more likely to get in a car crash, X more times likely to get like in a physical altercation or whatever. Yeah. And it's totally legal as long as you have a license. Yeah, and uh, as long as you're old, older than 21, it's fine. And it's weird to me having a background in using marijuana is that it's not the same experience at all. I don't like the disconnected feeling that alcohol gives you. Yeah, and and for me, honestly, like <laughs> I probably should have stopped before that roosters that I drank. Uh huh. Maybe even before this second. Yeah. Moscow mule here. But I didn't because legally it's acceptable. I right. don't plan on driving. At most, I'm going to take a walk around my neighborhood. Right. For some exercise to try to burn off some of these calories. Yeah. But, you know. God forbid I do peyote. Yeah. And and walk outside. Right. You know, it, it's it's really it, it really is a bizarre dichotomy. But it's probably because they tried to ban it one time and it didn't work. Yeah. But it's not a good it's not a good drug as far as my experience and i've only experienced alcohol and marijuana but not a good drug long term no it it wrecks your body yeah for sure but i think the most dangerous thing about it is and i would never do this is your ability to do this and then get up 
walk to your car, get behind the wheel, and drive off somewhere. Right. Uh, it is, it's a very... That's a very scary concept. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know how many people smoke weed and get behind the wheel of their car. I, I disagree with that as well. Mm-hmm. I disagree with getting behind the wheel of any vehicle while under any substance whatsoever. Right. Uh, but the, the fact that just the, the availability of alcohol... Like, even teenagers, you know, you're a teenager. My teenager, when I have one, is going to grow up with alcohol in the house. It's unavoidable. Mm -hmm. The fact that they could drink some of that and just get behind the wheel of a fucking car to go to their friend's house. Yeah. It's fucking mind-boggling. Right. You know? The, the chances of them doing that versus the chance of them doing crack and getting behind the wheel of the car is night and day. Yeah. Night and day difference. Um, you know, alcohol, I can't think straight. I, I feel different on it for sure. And, and that's fine because whenever I'm drink, drinking – whether it's out at a restaurant when restaurants were still open. Yeah. Or a friend's house or whatever for a party. My wife and I always had an agreement. If I'm drinking, she's not. Mm-hmm. She's the one driving home. If she's drinking, I'm not. I'm the one driving home. That's always been the arrangement. Yeah. Period. Uh. But, yeah, it's like right now, if you ask me to get behind the wheel of a car, I'd probably hit four or five cars going up the street. Yeah. I can't feel my cheeks. I can barely feel the way my mouth is making words. Yeah. Like the way it's forming words right now. And it's kind of sad. I just think it's strange as a society we've established this ritual of being like okay we'll work monday to friday and then on friday night we will drink this substance that makes us dumber it literally makes us dumber yeah and that's totally acceptable it's like friday saturday sunday make yourself as dumb as possible because you have to go back to a a thing that generates income and then that sucks so and then you pay all of your income towards making yourself retarded over the weekend yeah it's just so strange to me i don't know i i think beer in moderation is okay but as far as like alcohol being drunk i don't really like being drunk see there's a level where i like it and then a level where i don't and i'm fucking like towing that line yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, uh, like, Simon, I I just passed nursing school, and like I said, due to my own fuck-up with uh, graduation ap- applications and whatnot, um, I won't be able to take my exam until August. 
but because I made it through nursing school with my grades and everything, and I'm over that hump, so to speak, mm-hmm. my buddy Simon, uh, I've known him since the fourth grade. We were 10 years old when we met. He, he bought me some High West double rye, a card, which he jokingly signed, Hugs and Kisses, yeah. Simon. And a rubber ducky that said class of 2020 on it. And it's got like the fucking graduation robes and it's holding a diploma. Nice. And, uh, but he bought all that for me. And even though I'm, I'm towing that line right now, uh, I'm still going to drink that double, double rye at some point during this time off. Yeah. Because he spent some money. I can mm-hmm. tell you that. Like, it's it's some High West double rye, and uh, that doesn't go for less than $60 a bottle. Yep. It doesn't go for less than that. And that was my graduation gift for, from him, so I'm, I'm going to partake uh, later. If you want to do that, you're more than welcome. It may not be tonight. Tonight it might be tomorrow night, but cool. I don't know. I just don't. Fuck. I don't know. Alcohol is not my favorite drug. I'll be honest. It's the only drug I've tried. Yeah. Outside of prescription stuff that's been given to me from doctors. Xanax is primo. I've never had Xanax. Z- Hardest thing I've ever taken probably is Percocet. After they removed my wisdom teeth and they cracked my jaw in the process. Yeah. But as an adult, and I I don't even fully remember how Percocet made me feel. I I remember um, that. At the very least, in my mind, I didn't get instructions on how to use it responsibly. Yeah. And it just said, take every four to six hours as needed for pain. And in my mind, I was like, okay, I take this every five hours. Yep. Yep. And so I took it every five hours until the prescription was gone. (laughs) Yep. Regardless of whether I was in pain or not, like I just like read that label. I was probably like 16 or 17 at the time. I was like, okay, I'll just take this until it's gone and then I'll stop taking it. No one told me. And I'm sure there was a sticker on the bottle, but again, being a 17 year old, I was just like, whatever, I'm just going to focus on this one aspect. My parents didn't tell me well i should say more appropriately my mom didn't tell me because i wasn't in communication with my dad at the time but no one really told me uh not to take that and get behind the wheel of a car yeah so i was driving around as a 17 year old barely been driving for a year on percocet Across the valley, back and forth. Because no one fucking told me 
in my experience, the best drug I've ever taken ever has been meditation and yoga. Meditation's huge. Yeah. I think it's it's so much more beneficial than alcohol, marijuana, whatever. Consistent meditation and physical, whether it be like yoga, climbing, weightlifting, whatever. If you combine the two, it's night and day difference because I've gone back and forth with marijuana before. Uh, and it's a temporary fix, I guess. Yeah, and for me, I've never done that. Yeah, it, it helps you get to the, the finish line really fast, but it doesn't help you experience the process of running the mile or whatever. It's it's and, uh, In my opinion, the process might be more important than the finish I line. I would agree. Um, I think a sober mind... Like when I did Sober October, it was probably one of the most clarifying moments in my life. And we will republish those episodes for you. Yeah. Um, And I plan on doing Sober October again. uh, Again, good luck with that. Yeah. (laughs) I I don't know. I I could see my life without alcohol very easily. To me, alcohol, where I'm at, toe on the line, I'm not comfortable with. Yeah. But I only toe the line when you're around. That's fair. (laughs) You know, like I can come home from work or whatever and have a couple beers and be fine. Right. It's just on on the podcast where I kind of let go a little too much. That's fair. And this is the only time I drink at the current moment. Really? Yeah. So for me, I've had a couple of drinks throughout the week. But again, like literally it's only been a couple of drinks. Yeah. I'll come home from work. I've walked ten to 15,000 steps Right. In, in that day. I've burnt God knows how many calories, like around 3,000. Yeah. I'm like. I have the calorie deficit to afford a beer. Right. So I'm going to have a beer with my dinner. See, yeah, and I, I've kind of been the same way. I'm starting to transition, however, to the point of reference of being like, if I stop drinking entirely, can I be around like four to five more years for my grandkids? And that's where I'm starting to like get to this balancing point is I haven't made a distinct decision yet, but I know this liquid that I put in my body is not good. Um, it's not, it, it's not necessarily bad though. Like you're, you're doing it in relative moderation. Yeah. And you're by, at least to my knowledge, no means an alcoholic. Yeah. Same with me. I'm by no means an alcoholic. Like, I can go two weeks if I had to without a drink. Like, I've gone multiple days in a row, and I don't experience any withdrawal symptoms. I don't experience anything like that. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But, you know, with uh, 
specifically red wine uh, in Italy. There's a few groups of people that drink wet red wine regularly, and yeah. they've been shown to have lower levels of hypertension later on in life and stuff like that. So there, there's like these antioxidant effects of specifically red wine, not necessarily beer, but specifically red wine that have health benefits later on in life. Yeah. I can see that. And it's like they, they drink a glass of red wine with dinner every day. Yeah. Or or whatever the case is. But, you know, for me, I feel like uh, beer and sex are on a similar line. Like, once you cross it, you can't go back. Yeah. Okay. Uh you know, you have sex for the first time and hopefully you enjoy it. But it's like once it's there, it's there. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I, I remember that. I, li- I like it. Yeah. You know, and it's the first time you're buzzed. You're like, oh, I remember that. I like it. And then you don't know how to fine tune it. <laughs> and you find yourself in the position that I'm in where I'm trying to like slow down. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's to me, they're, they're similar levels of like cognitive ability where, Oh, I like that. Could I live the rest of my life without it? Sure. I could, I could live without it. I could definitely, live and survive without it there's a difference between living and survival i would say it's more like i could survive without it yeah could i live without it no living is enjoying right survival is survival right and and that's kind of where i fall on that spectrum okay yeah i don't know if i had to choose between beer or sex I would choose sex for sure. For me, it depends on how regular the sex is. We'll say, we'll say, optimistically, we'll say once a month. Fuck that, dude. Fuck that, really. Depends on how good the sex is, too. We're talking uh, porn star status. We're talking mm. some decent hip movement. Once a month. Once a month with Caden Cross. Okay, let's go. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good move. She's hot. <laughs> Once a month, Caden Cross. Riley Still. Is that what you watch mostly now? Is MILF stuff? That's what I watch primarily. MILF. Yeah. Is she in the MILF category now? Yeah. Fuck, dude. I think I'm the same age as her. Yeah, Caden Cross, uh, Riley Still. What's Stoya. Aniston? Aniston. Nicole, Nicole. Nicole Aniston. Okay. Uh, Stoya. Yeah, I like the MILF stuff. I don't want See, these. Those aren't MILFs to me. See, but the crazy thing is, the younger girls, all the videos get labeled teen, 
and I don't fuck with that. If I see teen in the title, I'm like next. Huh. I don't I don't want to be a part of that just in case. I don't want to right, be a part right. of a Pfizer report or whatever. Right. See, I don't see Stoya and Caden and Riley and Jesse and the, I think Katsumi they're in the, and all them as they're what in their late thirties, mid thirties. They're they're really right around my age, like I mean, thirty-three to forty. Yeah. So that's mother age. It is, but I don't see it that. I know. Way. Yeah, I know. It's weird. Like, it's weird. I I I guess I'm father age, which I am. Yeah. But even now, I'm turning 25 in five days and you're into the milf category yeah i don't feel like i am though okay so milfs for me are like veronica avlove yeah okay yep uh you go back and you look at stuff like uh the old 80s girls or even 90s maybe heather Harmon. yeah 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 um naughty alley right uh belladonna fuck who else? No, we're entering MILF age now. Like, <laughs> that's it's, the thing. It's fucking crazy, dude. But I'm okay with that because that's like, I don't want to see 18-year-olds. It's like, have you ever talked to one, you know? Uh, I mean, back when I was 18, yeah. Yeah, but nowadays, like, your age now, have you ever talked to an 18-year-old? You're like, gross. Get the fuck away from me. Only at work. Yeah. I, I just... I don't understand the fetish of older men going after 18-year-olds because if you ever talk to I can't do it. Yeah, it's just gross. But I I still, like, I don't know, dude. I can't can't view Stoya as a quote-unquote milf. I can't view Caden Cross as a quote-unquote milf. I've got, like, a three-year age gap. Three years younger, three years older, fine. But me being 25 and having sex with an 18-year-old, it's just weird to me. It's just so weird. Well, that's seven years. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know. I don't know. But at the same time, for me, it's more about personality and all that shit. So That doesn't play into account when you're talking about porn stars, though. Right, but if I'm going to have sex with somebody, I'm not the type to just have sex with somebody because they're a female and they have legs. So for me, it's like, okay, do it's I... It's more can- fun without the legs anyway. <laughs> <laughs> for me, it's like, okay, is this person a good person? Are they a nice person? Like, it, it starts deeper than sex. So for these guys that are 60 who have sex with 18-year-olds, fucking weird to me. I I would agree, but... That's weird. That's pedophilic (laughs) shit. That's like me being 30 and wanting to have sex with a 18-month-year-old. It's the same thing. A year and a half old? Yeah. Um, It's fucked up. I I agree. When I turned, hell, even like like you said, 25, 26, 27, I was like 18-year-olds. No. Yeah, leave me those alone. Those are those are high school kids. Yeah. People kids. don't really start maturing until probably 23, 24. Yes. Until they start like really realizing what they want to do and But I fuck, I, I didn't know like that that's the thing that shocks me is I didn't know that um Caden Cross, Stoya, Katsuni, uh 
Riley's still all fold into the MILF category now. Yep. I had no idea. Yep. No idea. Then who's that girl that looks like Melania? Oh, I don't remember her name. She looks like Melania Trump. Oh, by the way, those of you that don't know, Heather Harmon slash Heather Brooke is opening up her red her website ideepthroat.com again. Oh great. <laughs> Nothing like a 38-year-old taking it. Exactly. For me that's okay. That's cuz that's in my wheelhouse, but I feel bad for the girls that are like 50 or 60 still in porn. I'm telling you you need to watch Kink. Yeah. Maybe we can pull it up tonight. Yeah, maybe. And watch it. You need to watch that because there's like a lady on there that uh, she works for kink.com. Yeah. Uh, totally one of the actresses. And they ask her flat out. I mean, she's mid-30s to early 40s when this movie was made. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about your daughter finding out? about this she's like well I don't want her to do it yeah but this pays my bills right now right it's like it examines a whole bunch of aspects of the pornography industry it's called kink Uh, James Franco James Franco Uh, it examines the business side the interpersonal side of like people when they're out they're not working uh, versus when they're working and how they like recruit talent and see for me it's I'm, fucking crazy I have a love hate relationship with the pornography industry Pornhub owns most of the pornography studios and they monetize rape videos so there are underage girls uh, they don't verify ID they don't do any of that shit uh, and it's monetized. They make money off of that. And that's where I draw the line. Um, so, so I will say with this, based on what I watched with uh, the kink documentary, okay, mm-hmm. solely with the kink documentary, I have no other input other than that for this. But they verify age from what I can tell. Mm-hmm. And... It's a very fine-tuned and, like, uh, cross-checked process to get their their quote-unquote talent from. And they they work with all of the performers on what their schedules are and, and, and whatnot. Like, there's literally a point in the documentary, like, we can't contact that guy. He's in school today. Right. <laughs> so, uh, uh it, it, like you said, Pornhub's it's an, it, it's pretty much an open source site, right? It's like YouTube, yeah. Versus like this kink dot com thing, they know the age and name behind every person that they're contracting to work with. Yep, and. I'm not saying kink.com is the best website out there. It's just that they like actually do screen the individuals right. for uh, age and 
all this other stuff that's needed for making sure you're not filming statutory rape. <laughs> yeah. You know, so that that's the kind of stuff you want to look for. Well, Pornhub's worse than statutory. It's forceful. Um, yeah. There's a lot of BDSM content that well, in cages and all this stuff that see and kink does that too that's what i'm that's why i keep bringing up uh uh the this documentary kink because they follow kink.com and they do all of the bdsm stuff but it's all it, it's behind the scenes and you see that it's 100 percent consensual mm-hmm. and you see that it's uh they like offer um emotional support to the people that act in in their clips like they offer like after support and stuff after the clips to show them like like you know you're you are cared for you are a person that has value and blah 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 blah. right it's a very interesting documentary very very interesting one porn girl that came out august ames who said that she was forced she wasn't forced to but she was given a job for some studio to do a porn clip and the biggest incentive they have to not speaking out is they won't get paid. So if they don't sign papers saying it was all consensual, it was all okay, they were okay with it. And she was texting a friend and these things leaked being like, this person was forceful. I told them to stop. They wouldn't stop. Um, huh? And if I didn't sign the paperwork saying that it was okay, I wouldn't get paid. Huh. So it's almost like an entrapment financially for some of these. I'm not going to say all the girls, but some. I wonder if that's what happened with Mia Khalifa because she only got like $12,000 out of all of this yeah, stuff Yeah, I don't she know. I, w- I would almost assume she did it. Like the amount of coverage that got, I wouldn't be surprised if she uh, was in on that for publicity reasons. Because I think more people know her name than most porn stars. Yeah, but then you look at these people that work with, like, Wicked. I, I, I'm i revealing a lot about myself right now. And as Wicked, far as, I, like, I believe Wicked's owned by Pornhub. Yes, but when you look at the actual actors and actresses that are on Wicked, and you pull up, like, information on them, they're all of age. Yeah. It it comes down to the, like, amateur, quote-unquote, or, like, the quote-unquote amateur or, like, homemade stuff that's right. the problem, right? Yeah, I would agree. So, uh, but, you know, like, you, you go into Digital Playground, all of them above par. Wicked, above par, you know? Yeah. Uh... I I used to watch a lot of porn back in the day. We'll just say that. But uh yeah, you you look at all this stuff and it's it's above par with these actual production companies. It's when you get into the quote-unquote amateur or homemade stuff that yeah. these sites stream that it's questionable. Right. Right? Yeah, and it's not even a second guess. 
at that point because I didn't even think about it until this big campaign came out to close down Pornhub. It almost has a million signs for the petition. Um, and the reason behind it is that Pornhub is owned by a parent company in Canada and their CEOs are like sick fucks. They're sick. Um, but they make money... If these girls are underage, they still put ads on them and they make money off of them. And for me, that's not cool. Yeah. Like, regardless of if people are of age or whatever, um, if a company is making money off underage girls performing sexual acts and you're advertising on those videos, that's where I draw the line with porn, I guess. That's fair. Uh, so let me get you on another conspiracy track. Okay. COVID. Yeah. 19. Where are you at on that right now? Um, I believe it is a conspiracy. It's not a conspiracy, but I believe it's a distraction from covering up a bunch of indictments that are about to be unsealed. Um, General Flynn is about to be exonerated and possibly pardoned um, because the FBI had leaked documents coming out saying that we need to take this guy down. Okay. Now, once General Flynn gets exonerated slash pardoned, the whole shit show is going to start. I'm going to I'm going to stop you right there. Okay. I'm going to pause for a second. Okay. And I'm going to go pull something up that I did the other day. Fuck it. We'll do it live. I cannot find my calculations that I made the other day. Okay. Um, but I did a whole bunch of uh, calculations when I had some downtime about this COVID thing. Yeah. And... Uh, the reported deaths per Utah versus per nation, uh, n- national average, and cases versus uh, Utah versus national average, and and population and all that shit. So, fuck it, we'll do it live. I do remember. That my calculations for the nation came out to 1.7 at the time. About four days ago. 1.7 deaths. 2.3, I think, confirmed cases. Now, let's go to Utah. Caden, if you want to keep talking, that's fine. If not, fuck it. Yeah, just think COVID-19 is bullshit. And I think it's a political move. And I think it's uh, meant to scare people uh, into crashing the economy to replace the current sitting president. And that's all I think it is. And that's all. Uh, Do I think it's an actual threat to anybody? Not any more than I do the, the, you know, influenza. I think uh, influenza is still predominantly more dangerous, according to 
statistics coming out of most uh, reputable organizations. So, so see here you're doing some hardcore math. So the current death toll in Utah for COVID to population is point zero 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 one four three seven five. Yeah. So that's what ten hundredth thousandth ten thousandth millionth. So it's less it's less than it's about a one point five millionth of a percent. Yeah. Death. Yeah. Toll. Okay. Confirmed cases. We've got uh four six seven two divided by three point two million still confirmed cases in Utah is point zero zero one four six yes tiny so that's ten hundreds that's one that's fourteen thousandths of a percent. Right. Fourteen thousandths of a percent. I mean, we've only had sixty-five thousand deaths in the United States out of three hundred fifty million. If that, I mean, even four hundred million being. It's uh, closer to three point three hundred and eighty million, actually. So three hundred eighty million. So. How many have we had in the... 65,435. 65, 4, 3, 3, 5. Divide by 300... 380... Million. 1.72%. Yeah. So like I said, uh, the national death toll... Th- these are line up with the numbers that I looked up a few days ago. Yeah. But we're at less than 2%. Oh, and it's uh 1.72 times e to the negative 4th. Which I remember looking up e and it's like some special like imaginary number for mathematics. It's basically less than 1%. So even worldwide, we've had 235,000 deaths out of 7 point something billion. We'll say 7.8 billion. Yeah. Sounds about right. There you go. So uh, how many? 235? Yeah. 235,000. Three percent. Yeah, it's nothing. Three percent at um, the most, and I'm probably off on my calculation. The seven point eight billion was an estimation. Yeah. Uh, my conspiratorial mind says we're in a civil war at this very moment. 
We are in and a... And we just don't know it. We're in a informational civil war. Uh, and really the only way that we would hear that is by one of the five dons or media companies. There's only five of them that own all of them. So if they keep their mouth shut, then people are dumb as shit. I mean, the Pentagon just released UFO fucking footage and no one gives a shit. Really? The Pentagon releases unidentified flying object news and everyone's like, oh, that's cool. Um, like, is there any news at this point that will phase the American people? Because as of right now, yeah, this was, uh, three days ago. Yeah. As of a couple days ago, the Pentagon releases UFO footage. No one gives a fuck. So this is from the New York Times. Pentagon released UFO videos. Don't hold your breath for a breakthrough. Which is crazy because if people, for those of you who don't fully understand, that means something from some other planet visited our fucking planet (laughs) and no one gives a shit. It's because we're being fed all this other information. What a time to be alive, right? Yeah. We're being fed all this other information, and it's so much so that no one cares that other species possibly visited this planet. So, there's some douchebag-looking guy. Shut up, potato head. This fucking guy. Anyway, we'll, we're going to close out of that because yeah, that, that guy was pretty worthless. much looked like Mr. Potato Head. Yeah, this is it. This is the uh, this is the video surveillance. So so it's an IR video. Yeah, it looks like a unmanned aerial vehicle surveillance or something, and then you have little specks. I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean it's out from another planet. It. Does mean that's unidentified, though. But the weird thing to me is, why are they releasing this now? During everything that's going on, why is now... That thing's fucking cruising, dude. You see that shit? Yeah. Why is now the time to release this stuff? When was the recording? I That I'm not sure about. Is the date on that video surveillance? No, it's not. Um, I just find it strange that now's the time they decide to... It was over the ocean. Now it's over the clouds. Yeah. Right here. It's like, this is all U.S. Navy footage. Um, but my biggest thing is, why is now the time to tell people all of this stuff why is now the time to enlighten everybody with what you guys have had for years and years and years unless it's a distraction 
And quite frankly, most of the things going on right now could classify as a distraction. You know what's great about this? What? The UFL footage. I saw a thing. It was just a meme. But it's like, everything will be okay in July. And it was like July 2020, and it had that scene of fucking, uh, from Independence Day of that flying saucer coming in over fucking Los Angeles. (laughs) 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 It's like, fuck it, dude, this is it. And I I didn't even know about this until you said it just a couple seconds ago. And now I was like, well, fuck, dude, there's UFOs, like worldwide plague, earthquakes happening in the fucking middle of America, which is unheard of. Yeah. I so think... This is it. This is it. My grandma's convinced it's the end times. But she's always been that way. Like, when Y2K was supposed to happen, Jesus is coming back for us, y'all. Yeah. You know, like... Okay, Gran. Um, Calm your tits. Thanks. Yeah. But... I don't know. There's something different about what's happening right now than... This seems all military psychological operation warfare this seems they use psyops in waco by the way yeah yeah it's ever since uh i mean fairly early on the u.s army is in in uh when obama passed the net neutrality act in 20 it was 2014 2015 2016 somewhere in there it authorized the use of propaganda on the u.s american people uh that's scary to me. That's fucking terrifying to me. Propaganda for most people that'll be like, "Oh yeah, dude, I can see the difference between the truth and the and the not truth." You can't. Especially when there's a highly organized group of people, aka the army. Like the army's more powerful than people realize. Or the US military in general is more more uh controlling than people realize if they want to be. Yeah, and and PSYOPs has been around for a long time. Long, long time. Back to the Trojan era. Yeah, even through General Patton, that was a big thing when he had inflatable tanks. That was like the first division of psychological warfare. In the United States. Yeah, inflating tanks to make it appear like we had this huge force. And And General Patton sat across the river... Just waiting, like, with all these tanks, and the enemy didn't do anything. And uh, one other thing Patton did back then that may be a little less known is he required all of his guys on the front line to put on a clean uniform every day and shave. Mm. Because it made it look like there was a fresh, new force sitting there day after day. Interesting. Um. But yeah, that continue. I mean, this continues to this day. I mean, I don't know the extent of it as far as you know what the media tells us and what is actually going on. Like, how propagandized are we as a nation? And I think it's pretty. We're pretty damn asleep compared to the rest of the world, and especially when you see what the rest of the world goes through. Well, and when it comes to psyops. It's not just like the inflatable tanks and diversions and, you know, making it seem like there's a fresh new force every day, day after day. Yep. Yeah. Um, in Waco, 
all they did was flash lights at these people and play music throughout the night to keep them from sleeping. Oh, wow. Uh, those random light patterns flashed on the side of the building. And uh, we've used similar tactics in the Middle East. Uh, I think during the Iraq conflict in 2003, four, and 5, and I'm not arguing against it, but I'm just saying we've we rolled in there playing American heavy metal. Yeah. Yeah. To fuck with their heads. You know, like I'm just amazed at through evolution we've elected these people to represent us and they've so far fucked us for decades. Yeah. And it's so slow that people don't really give a fuck. It's really like so slow that it's not even you can't catch it. Yeah. It's hundreds of years. Yeah. And it's been happening happening since 1690. The idea that I mean I don't know if you watched that documentary at all but the idea that out of shadows or whatever. Yeah. I haven't watched it yet. I'm just surprised that Disney and all these companies got on board during World War II to actually instate taxes, income taxes, because before World War II, income taxes weren't really a thing in in less of times of war. And the only reason that we've been paying income tax to this day is because the Federal Reserve has been charging us interest for the money that our government prints. And now that we're at zero... This is an opportunity for our government to cut income tax. I mean, imagine a world you didn't have any income tax. You know what's funny about that is uh, with all this fluctuation in currency and income tax and uh, interest rates amongst amongst the Federal Reserve and uh, what is what else is it the I, I don't know. The Treasury? The Treasury. That's what I was trying to think of. Um, I'm getting dozens of offers to refinance my house. Mm-hmm. I just barely refinanced my house. What is it? The, f- the fifth month of the year? So you go back seven months ago. Yep. I'm getting calls left and right. right. Refinance now. Refinance now. We saw you um, came in under a high rate. My high rate was 3.1. That was not high. Right. When I financed my property. And then I refinanced at 2.8. And I'm still getting contacted. Refinance now. You're at a high rate. Right. Because imagine this. I mean, the Federal Reserve is like the granddaddy. And then you have all these little daddies, which are traditional banks. J.P. Morgan, Chase. Chase, Wells Fargo, all those guys are middlemen. We may be approaching a time where the Federal Reserve is the main place to get your loans. Hmm. So the Fed rate right now is 0%. 
imagine going to the Federal Reserve and getting a mortgage for 0.5%. Immediately makes it more affordable for all these companies hmm. to, uh, or all these people to get houses. Yeah, affordable housing's back on the market. Um, because there's, there's a couple. God, they look 10 years younger than Liz and I. Mm-hmm. I don't know how old they actually are, but they are definitely younger than Liz and I, and I don't consider us to be old by any means. We're not even middle-aged, in my in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, three houses down and across the street from us, early 20s, bought a house here. Yeah. That house has to be worth at least four hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars, based off of the value of my property right now. Right. If I were twenty-one years old and looking at buying a house, twenty-two, wouldn't have happened. Yeah, would not have happened in this area. These people got a house. Yeah. Maybe that's how Paul and Heather felt when you guys moved in. Probably. <laughs> but you know what? That's okay. We have a good relationship with them. Yeah. All I know is something fishy's happening. That's that's about all my consensus. I've... And Paul's fucking losing it. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. <laughs> I do know that... I think I mentioned this on last week's podcast, but since this whole COVID-19 thing... Mm-hmm. The Federal Reserve is now under the control of the Treasury. Meaning, yeah, you've said that. Meaning yeah. that the United States of America has control over the Federal Reserve. We are moving back to the gold standard, which is has not been done since 1913. This is what JFK wanted to do. It is happening. Um, we're not on an oil-based dollar anymore. And these oil prices, these uh, these gas prices could stay very low for a long a time. A friend of mine just posted he got his gas for under 80 cents a gallon. Wow. Um, I'm, I'm not sure where he lives right now. He's a friend of mine from the military, but he's like 13 miles to the gallon doesn't seem too bad anymore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Walmart in Idaho is 154 a gallon. That's less than it is here. Yeah, it's quite a bit. I, I think the lowest I saw here driving in was one ninety nine, um, and that's still incredible. It's still really good. Yeah, because when you compare that to where California's at, California's probably around the three dollar mark right now. Right. Yeah, which is insane. I'm sure we can pull it up. Yeah, it's Google all their sta- it's all their goddamn state taxes. Yeah. Google would not censor this, so California... Uh, Google is now not censored as much. Um, gas. Uh, what is it, average? Uh, they're 275 a gallon. Considerably higher than the rest of... I mean, Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut... Yeah, and I I would say uh, Utah probably follows in line with Arizona right now. Yeah, it's about the $2 mark. But I remember living in California back when I was in the military. 
um, before I left to come home, Liz and I used to drive back to Salt Lake back then because it was still less expensive. But uh, to to do that than to fly, but it was four dollars a gallon. Yeah, I remember and I, that. And I I got to Utah, and it was two twenty a gallon. Yeah, and I was like, holy shit! Yeah, it's night and day. Yeah, it's it's fucking unreal. Yeah. And uh, now I have a friend living on the East Coast in the South somewhere. He's paying fucking 75 cents a gallon. Which hasn't happened since probably the 50s. No, it, it uh, the 50s were like, you're talking like 25 cents. Um, 75 cents a gallon is more like uh, 80s, 90s territory. Um, Which is what it really should be. Yeah. I mean, if you look at GDP growth and how much the economy's grown, how much more money is here, what the average wages are. There's so many things that go into it. But um, right now, I I don't know where this is going to end. I really don't. Um, I mean, since 2016, we were told that this current president is going to drive us into the ground and that it's gonna he's going to cause this war and all this shit. Hasn't happened yet. Well, he might have caused a war. Right. And there's and again, I'm not pro Trump. I was actually very anti Trump when he got into office. I'm still anti Trump. Um and I'm at this point now of just sitting back and watching what's happening and this exoneration of General Flynn, which to my knowledge, I mean, this dude seems to be a saint. This dude, three star general, gets prosecuted for lying in an investigation. All these documents come out saying the FBI basically pushed him to say he was he lied. Um, and all this is coming out. James Comey's in fucking trouble. Uh, it's. We live in a weird time. We yeah. live in a strange time. And the only thing that can really paint the truth is time at this point. Uh, the more time that goes on, the more truth will be washed and we can actually see what's happening. Because I think most people right now don't know what the fuck's happening. Right. We're all just kind of in our own worlds like, oh, can I go buy bread and toilet paper? Like, kind of. Like, okay, well, that's all I care about. But there's more shit going on than we than we want to... Than we're able to even probably comprehend at this point. Absolutely. Which is crazy to me. And regardless of what anyone thinks of the current president or past presidents or whatever, it's a fucking hard job. I can't oh, imagine. Without question, the presidency is a hard job. I can't regardless. imagine. I can't imagine having that weight on my shoulders of, of having people around you that are advisors or vice presidents or whatever, telling you what you need to do and discerning fact from fiction. I mean, imagine what uh, FDR went through. And imagine what uh, George W. H. W. Bush went through. Yeah, you know, uh, with uh, Pearl Harbor and nine eleven happening. Right. That's those guys are obviously FDR is already dead, but Bush is gonna die young, comparatively. Yeah, because that's a ton of stress. 
three almost three thousand Americans lost their lives on his watch. Yep. And that's something that's hard to sleep with. HW I'm not HW Bush was head of the CIA. Um he was head of the CIA, I believe, when JFK was actually president. Um, George H.W. Bush, I don't know. John McCain, you remember him? <laughs> of course. Do you know his official death reasoning was execution? Really? Yeah. But you can't find that. It's cancer. That's what they say. Um, but he was involved with a group. He was, quote-unquote, a Republican. Right. Um, but he was involved with this nasty group of other politicians who did some shady shit. And you guys can look into it. It's called the... It's either four or five people that were in on it. Um, but some politicians go to law school, want to become politicians because they believe they can get money and enrich themselves. And that's, if I were to guess what Trump was saying with the drain the swamp, it's the type of people that have been in politics for 30 plus years. Yeah, which which is a problem. I totally believe in term limits for Congress. I do too. I think two terms is plenty. If you can't get the job done in that, like Joe Biden's been in. Fuck uh, Joe, Joe Biden or in Hatch. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Joe Biden's been in for 40-something years. Same with Warren. And uh, same with Clinton. Same with Schumer. Same with Pelosi. It's like, okay, I understand if you want to run for president, but if you haven't gotten anything done in, in this time. time, what the fuck are you doing? And that's that's what I look at it as. I'm so young in the game. Um, I've only voted once. so And that was for Gary... Uh, Johnson? Gary Johnson. That was him. Yep. Uh, you want another one or are you sobering up still? I'm still sobering. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'm all for like a decade. If you can't do it in a decade, you're Get fucking gone. Get the fuck gone. out. You're Get gone. Out. Yeah. Get out of here, Nancy. She can't even clean up her own district in San Francisco. That's a red flag to me. It's nothing well, to do with her her letter, the R or the D next to it. I know several Democrats that? that are good Democrat Republican. Like I know several Democrats that do the job. Uh, yeah. There was there was there was a, recently a African American Democrat who came out supporting Trump because. He saw the Democratic Party was basically just anti-Trump regardless. Yeah. And the second he said that, he got so much ridicule, he had to resign. Uh, and that's not a political system I want to be in. If you disagree with the president, that's totally fine. That's your, that's your First Amendment right. Yeah. But have a good explanation or have a good argument as to why. It doesn't have to be just picking on people and, and ridiculing people because of their belief. Um, like just because somebody's different political background than me, doesn't mean I view them any differently than me. Uh, cause it's not pertaining to my immediate life. Right. It has no, 
I can be friends with Republicans and Democrats regardless because it's just a label. Right. Um, but sadly, it's portrayed that if you're friends with, if you're a Democrat and friends with a Republican, fuck you. If you're vice versa, fuck you. And I don't want to live in that country. I really don't want to live in that country. I want to live in a country where a Democrat and a Republican can sit down and have a flatlined conversation (laughs) and, and not be, well, you're a misogynist, racist piece of shit. I, I just don't have to, I don't have time for that. And I think most, most Americans are on the same page. It's just the, the media portrays it as otherwise. Right. Well, with, uh, all of this being said, uh, Denver did point out to us that we tend to go back to the same topics over and over again. That's what happens when you're friends. So I think we should dig for new content, mine for new content, but we're going. Should we start a new three. podcast, the BDSM report? <laughs> sure. Why not? Uh <laughs> but we're we're a little over three hours. I think we should call it. This is Dallas. And Caden. As always, go fuck yourself. We're signing off. Bye. <laughs>